Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everyone? Good afternoon to uh, everyone back in Canada and good evening from Doha, Qatar, site of the 2022 World Cup and welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you overseas and Michael Remus live back in the peg where we've got a lot to get to. A very disappointing result yesterday in the Grey Cup and uh, that close to a three-peat, but it wasn't to be for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, losing in heartbreaking fashion to the Toronto Argonauts in an absolute CFL Classic Grey Cup thriller yesterday in Regina. We'll be all over that. And obviously, you know, with the, you know, with the end of the bomber season and just, you know, an incredible year overall, uh, we'll really focus in mostly on the Grey Cup. We will be spending plenty of time talking World Cup over the next few days. We're two days away from Canada making its return to the biggest event on the planet, taking on the Belgians on Wednesday. I will be there, which is going to happen during this program. So that's the one day this week I won't be on the program. Uh, but listen, we're going to be talking lots of bombers. We will certainly hit the Jets. Big game tonight back in Winnipeg with the uh, fanny packs being handed out on 90s night to the first 5,000 fans and the Jets hosting the Carolina Hurricanes coming off a shutout at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday. So we'll get to all of that. We're going to start the show, obviously, with Michael Remus. Rod Peterson's going to join us from Regina, talk a little Grey Cup, and also get perspective on... You know, if people are walking around a little taller in Regina after the Bombers finally took an L in that stadium yesterday. Uh, looking forward to that. Jeff Hamilton with the Winnipeg Free Press is in a caravan along with a bunch of the esteemed Winnipeg media coming back from Regina to the peg. Hammer is going to join us from the road in about 50 minutes or so. And a little later on, we'll also talk to Joe Piscucci and get Scooch's take on uh, the Bombers and also what he thinks about the Jets so far. Uh, with their great start, despite that loss Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. And we will hear from Rick Bonus uh, a little later on as well. Big news tonight for you Jet fans and uh, many Villy stands out there. Villy Hanel is going to be in the lineup tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Finally getting a chance to uh, get into the lineup and see what he can do. So uh, we've got a busy, busy show. Obviously, we wished it would be different circumstances and this would be a big party. But uh, like uh, all Bomber fans know, uh, that's not the case today. And we'll kind of dig a little deeper into what happened and what went wrong for the Bombers in yesterday's game. Uh, before we do that, do want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen. Got to start with our friends at Coolbed who are making this trip happen right now. Doing a bunch of really fun content with Jake Bolin Moss here from Coolabet, who's with me on the trip. Make sure you're following at Coolbet Canada on Instagram, on Twitter, and I believe there's uh, some TikToks going out as well for those of you TikTokers that want to check that out. Our friends at Princess Auto, not AutoCorp, Consolidated Supply, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market. Royal Sports, F Apparel, Culligan Water, Canadian Club Whiskey, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and of course our favorite Canadian beer, which I'm missing quite a bit right now, Little Brown Jug. Let's get to it and welcome in Michael Remus to the program. Remo, what uh, what's up? How are things back home? How are you doing after that heartbreaker last night? Yeah, how's, how's it going? Beer is tasting pretty good over there, right? Ha ha ha. <laughs> ha ha ha. 
Everyone in I chat. Everyone seen... in chat. How's the nineteen nineteen over there, huh? <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. I, I figured there'd be some shots about that. Although, listen, I was super excited to come, and I mean, listen, I think most people know that I'm certainly as someone that likes to spend my fair share of time in pubs and out carousing. Um, this is sort of like going to an incredible international sporting event and rehab at the same time. So uh, maybe it'll be good for me overall. Um, we did have an incredible trip out here just quickly on the way, uh, a trip that probably has ruined travel for me for the rest of my life. Um, I'm not sure how it came about, but we were on business class coming here. So I got a chance to roll. I got a, I got a chance to live a day in the life of Gary Lawless, if you will. And, uh, I'll tell you what, for a four or for a 12 plus hour flight from Toronto to Abu Dhabi, being able to crank out a seven hour sleep and, uh, um, three course meal. I mean, I don't know. It was something I'd never been exposed to before. I probably won't be spending any time doing it again anytime soon, at least. Although it's a great motivation to get really rich so you can do things like that. Um, that being said, listen, did get here safe and sound. And just before we get to the bombers, I will tell you, it is, um, you know, so far, I, I, if I seem like I'm out of it today, that's because I am. Uh, I know we make a lot of jokes about some of the time zone excuses that had been used about the Jets before. That was always like one time zone or two time zones. We're on nine or ten right now. So uh, I am jet lag is real. Uh I don't know what time it is right now. My body's still uh, a company or uh, I guess getting accustomed to where we're at. But I do hope that by tomorrow and certainly by game day for Canada on Wednesday, I'll sort of acclimatize. But uh, yeah, if you're wondering right now, it is just after 10 p.m. here in Doha. And the jet game tonight is going to start at, I believe, 3.30 in the morning. So, uh I'm not sure whether this is going to be, you know, sleep for three hours, watch the game, sleep another three or four hours, get up and get after it, or uh, watch the condensed version. I'm playing it all by ear right now. But anyways, here safe and sound. The travel here was actually great. And uh, it's been really cool to be here so far. We haven't do dove in. I mean, we got here late last night, so kind of like 22, 23 hours ago, just in time really to get into the Grey Cup. And... Um, We'll uh, make an effort to get down more to downtown Doha and some of the areas in and around, um, you know, the World Cup festival sites. And then, of course, Wednesday is going to be the day that uh, we're going to be cranking out some great content as uh, Canada returns to the World Cup for the first time. But, uh, Remo, there's really one story that everyone's still talking about right now around uh, Winnipeg and the province of Manitoba is what happened yesterday for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I mean, a game in which, um, you know, they had turnovers. The starting quarterback for the Argos got knocked out. They returned a kick all the way for a touchdown, had a nine-point lead in the second half, and yet a team that always found ways to win ended up on the short end of a nail-biter. Um, uh, it was, I mean, for the Canadian Football League, I mean, it was a uh, an amazing game. And I think outside of our province, there's probably a lot of people that really loved it. I mean, I can remember as a kid, hating the Edmonton Oilers, frankly, and the Edmonton CFL team that was putting all those wins together uh, because you wanted to see someone new. And, you know, the Bombers were on the verge of being a legitimate CFL dynasty and came just one point short last night. But um, I think there's a lot to dive into after what was um, a hell of a game, but uh, not the result that anyone supporting the Bombers, especially the thousands of that, them that made it out to Mosaic Stadium, uh, were hoping for. Yeah, what an emotional 
roller coaster ride, and I was left there stunned. Uh, it was a very similar feeling to Game Five of the 2019 playoffs versus St. Louis. Uh, that was the Winnipeg Jets, where you felt like the team had a chance to win, even though they made a lot of mistakes. The offense wasn't clicking. The game was there for the taking at the end. Um, but, you know, it does, Mike O'Shea said after, it comes down to a couple plays, and there were a couple key plays for me. Uh, well, the the junior and Grant TD to start the fourth quarter was huge because the offense, they really, <laughs> they couldn't move the ball, and it really gave them some breathing room. Uh, and then when they missed the, the extra point, I thought, okay, this could come back to bite them in the ass, and it has, you know, he had a couple missed extra points throughout the season, and it, it did uh, definitely at times hurt them or almost hurt them. Um, there was that play, the Dakota Pruk, the fourth quarter Dakota Prukop, um, you know, what they're at midfield, Oliveira rips a 13 yard run first down. Uh, you know, a lot of people criticizing online, I think rightfully so. Like what well, you have Zach Caleros, the MOP shouldn't be throwing first down deep throws with your uh, backup QB who's usually in there for uh, short yardage. Uh, I mean that's the worst. Play we loved, by the way, we loved done. it when Strev, We loved it when Strevler did it in 2019. Yeah, Harris. It worked. It didn't work. It didn't work. I still don't think it was was the right play. But I think that if that that's fair, that's fair comment. I mean, you can criticize. You know, it's a loss, so you can point these things out. But I don't think it, that wasn't the nail on the coffin. The one play looking back now was the real backbreaker. Chad Kelly in there, Huss, fourth quarter. Oh. It's what second and twenty. Willie Jefferson uh, takes an offside, so second and fifteen, and he rips off a twenty-yard run. And you know that was the drive with the go-ahead touchdown. But even after that, he converted a second and seven to to Devaris Daniels. So Chad Kelly coming in really doing a number. And there was a couple Listen, plays. Yes, yeah, just quickly, yeah. quickly on Kelly. If you had told me that Swag Kelly. The only second string quarterback in the Canadian Football League that never played a meaningful rep all season long was going to be the guy that came in and led the Argos to victory. I would have given you I would have given you odds like um, no bookmaker would have ever seen. That was that was incredible. And you're exactly right. That play itself was absolutely crushing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and so huge for the Argos at that time. And the fact that they ended up finishing it off, getting into the end zone, um, you know, that was the moment where it was like, oh, my God, the Bombers are really in deep. And then yet they still held in. I mean, to waste the blocked kick by Hallett. I mean, what an incredible special teams play that was. You think of the special teams plays that the Bombers made just in that fourth quarter with the with the return by Janarian Grant and Hallett's block kick. Um, it, the table was set for the Bombers to do it again. But unfortunately, they weren't. Now, I'll say this about Mark Leggio. My inbox was completely flooded. It's too easy just to blame the kicker for that, folks. Um, there were so many other reasons why the Bombers were in that situation to begin with. Um, and let's start with Zach Caleros. I mean, we all love Zach. He's a legend in this city. I mean, he's done things that no one's ever done before. Well, so no one's done since Kenny Plain. You know, winning back-to-back -back MOPs, back-to-back -back Grey Cups. Zach didn't have a good game yesterday. And I mean, none of the bombers are going to make any excuses. And he did. He actually was quite mobile. I mean, there was a couple huge plays. I think of the, the second down on the second drive of the second half 
where it looked like he was about to get sacked. He ended up running around and making that long pass, I believe, to uh, Dalton Schoen um, to continue through and then coming back and scoring. I mean, that was the Bombers, but they just were not consistent enough. And, man, I got to tell you that Brady Oliveira, the running game was great. I mean, he did exactly what was expected. Unfortunately, the offensive line wasn't able to protect Zach as well as they were able to open some holes in the running game. Um there was just a, a, a number of plays. And you know what? First off, we got to give credit to the Toronto Argonauts as well. Um, the Argos played their asses off. They had a lot of belief. They came up with some big plays when they needed it. And, um, you know, special teams as well. Now, I just back to Legio for a minute. Obviously, the missed extra point was costly. But it wasn't like that didn't happen on the other side of the field as well. I mean, what was Beatty? He was two for four. Um, uh, uh, for field goals. So, I mean, th this wasn't perfect. And I guess, you know, if you, that guy was perfect, maybe you're in a little bit of a different situation. But again, they came back and had that opportunity, opportunity to kick it for the win. And that was blocked as well. Now, I know he said he really liked it or they felt good. Um, I'm not sure that that was particularly the case. We'll never know. Um, but the kicking was not at an elite level like it was when Sergio Castillo last year in my opinion, should have been the MOP for the Grey Cup victory. Um, but it was part of it. But it certainly wasn't all of it. And I think it's completely unfair to hang it just on Mark Leggio. He needed to, be, needed to be better. But there's a number of guys that were wearing those white unis last night for the Western Division and two-time defending Grey Cup champs that needed to be better too. And that's why they didn't win the football game, Reem. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Look, uh, so there's a comment in chat. It's the worst game the Bombers played in four years. And they lost... By one point and we've seen bombers have you know bad games but they would always find a way to win and it wasn't their best game cool. the game that was... person by the way didn't watch the game in hamilton this year yeah. oh yes oh yeah I forgot, yeah. I, I forgot about that one i fl i flushed i flushed that one <laughs> that was no we gave him a mulligan for yeah, that and that they earned it right that one didn't happen that didn't happen um but <laughs> sorry but uh, look, they had a chance at the end to pull it off, and in the past, they would, you know, find that uh, find that way to make the play to win the game. They were in position with the field goal, Legio. He made the fifty-one yarder there at Mosaic Stadium uh, against the what against Saskatchewan earlier this year. So it was definitely had a shot, but it got blocked. And again, there were kicking was certainly a factor, but there were a not, and you can't blame it solely on kicking. It definitely hurt them. I don't think you can say that it didn't, but there were a number of other areas where they did not play well. They did not perform. And just one other key play too, from the fourth quarter, talk about special teams, the 44 yard return uh, by Javon leak in the fourth quarter, uh, giving Chad Kelly a shorter field. I think that was kind of a theme all night. The Argos had shorter fields than the bombers. And it came down to that crazy, crazy fourth quarter and I don't know the game the game was there and I agree with you Dak didn't have his best game you look at the receivers Nick Dembski had a huge game uh last great cup and this year uh, you they know, just didn't get on the they ball just, they didn't get on the ball and listen and I know we can get into this more with Hamilton a little later on and I mean certainly and let's get to our why not question of the day right now um for our friends at not autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery and of course it's online at not.ca uh, very simply, where did it go wrong for the Bombers, in your opinion? What was the deciding factor? And some of you will say Mark Leggio. Some of you will say the, you know, the uh, um, inability 
for the Blue Bombers to consistently get the offensive going, uh, not to jump on the throat earlier on, but the open it's open for you. Hit us up in the chat. If you're watching on YouTube afterwards, put your answer in the comments for the why not question of the day. What was the deciding factor in the Grey Cup loss, in your opinion, to the Toronto Argonauts? Um, looking forward to getting that answer and more from Jeff Hamilton a little later on, as well as Joe Piscucci. Uh, but our guy, Hot Rod, Rod Peterson, is going to join us in just a second. Before we do that, and we will come back with Michael Remus, we will talk some Jets. Of course, big game tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Billy Hanel is in the lineup. Many of you are rejoicing about that, I am sure. Um, but we do want to thank uh, a couple of sponsors, and especially our friends over at Wallace and Wallace. Um, if you missed this last week, folks, we've got a great new program program teaming up with Wallace and Wallace, Jets defenseman Josh Morrissey and the Dream Factory to recognize some of those unsung heroes in our community that are making a difference quietly every day outside of the public eye. Uh, you know the folks, the person that's doing double duties, volunteering at the community club, coaching, convening, maybe helping out with timekeeping and refereeing because numbers are low. Uh, the person that after the big snowstorm is shoveling out the driveways and walks for some of the seniors on the block. There's so many people doing important things with charities as well as communities. Those are the unsung heroes that we want to recognize here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. What we need from you, WST listeners, is to send us an email and tell us about these folks or the one in your life. Send us an email to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. If you know someone who goes above and beyond, take a minute to say thank you and send us their name and what they're doing to uh, to build a better community. We'll tell you about them on the show. One of the unsung heroes will win a autographed Josh Morrissey jersey at the end of every month. And Wallace and Wallace is going to make a $500 donation in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominated our unsung hero. That 500 is going to be matched by Josh and Margot Morrissey, all to the Dream Factory, who's uh, also helping some unsung heroes in the battle of their lives with some young kids and uh, make their their dreams a little bit brighter going forward. So unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Let us know about the unsung heroes in your community, and we'll look forward to do that. And we can't thank Wallace and Wallace enough for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. The other big announcement, if you missed it on Friday heading into the weekend, we missed a couple of marble shows while Remus is away. We're making up for them, and we're doing it bigger and better than ever with our friends at Consolidated Supply Marbles month is just about upon us. The 12 days of marbles and our consolidated supply. Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles Tournament of Champions begins in December. 12 days, 12 races. Three people will qualify each race. There'll be an opportunity to qualify through Instagram and through Facebook as well. All of our qualifiers that make it through will be racing on the final show of 2022 and the winner is going to win a pair of bomber season tickets from our friends at Consolidated Supply. Check out Consolidated Supply at cte.ca. Golf, irrigation, landscaping, hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, small engine parts. There's so much they can do for you that you might not know about. And they're also open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East. Give them a buzz or pop down and see them and check out their new website at cte.ca. But can't wait to get the marbles dropping when I get back. 12 consecutive shows and then the granddaddy for bomber season tickets, courtesy of Consolidated Supply at the end of the year. And I also 
do want to thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. Guys, it is Men's Health Month, and Vita Health has great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. You can shop at any of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca. And uh, not to mention, grab Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. As I mentioned, November is Men's Health Month. Choosing the right natural health products are key. Vita Health carries everything you need to relieve prostate issues, reduce stress, and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals, who donate a portion of sales to the Canadian Men's Health Foundation. Uh, Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and you can also check out their new fully shoppable website to buy online, schedule a delivery or in-store pickup online at myvita.ca. All right. Jet stuff coming up in a little bit. Hamilton, Joe Scucci. But right now, let's bring in Rod Peterson. And uh, I know Rod was taken in the Grey Cup uh, festivities all week in Regina. And I was sort of expecting to ask Rod, oh, is everyone walking around a little taller in Regina today? But that doesn't look like Regina, Rod. You made it back to your uh, HQ already? What's going on? <laughs> good to see you. I hope you got me. Remus, I see, is fiddling with things. Are we all good? All, all good, good, my man. Um, dude, 21 breakup slash breakup weeks I've been at. And probably about halfway through that, I decided I'm not staying for the game unless I'm working the game. So I was on a plane here to South Florida on Saturday. Beat up, watching the whole thing Sunday, uh, unfortunately for the Bombers. Dude, I really enjoyed you guys post-game because you're looking at it completely different than I am. I get it, right? I'm just watching it as a CFL fan going, what a game! But I can certainly go where you guys guys are. I've been there. Losing great cups, winning great cups. Can I just take a stab, Hustler, and say that the turning point was when Chad Kelly came into the game. And I'm not even totally sure that Macbeth was hurt. I, I, I think Dinwiddie wanted to make a change, and the, the Bombers' defense couldn't stop him. I don't know if it was the change of pace or what. Well, that scores the game-winning touchdown. If you wanted to point to one specific turning point, that was that was it. Yeah, I mean, I, Kelly, <laughs> it's it is. Uh, it, there's a lot of things that, frankly, are hard to believe. Um, you know, when you look at the things that happened, the amount of penalties the Argos took, the Bombers did a lot of things very well that they normally do. They were disciplined until they were coming back. They didn't turn the football over. Um, they made a couple of huge plays, and yet it, you're exactly right. And I mean, Remus mentioned, I mean, that scramble on second 15 by Chad Kelly to not only get the first down, but move like well into the doorstep, into the red zone, um, certainly was one of the signature plays. And that's what's so great about the Canadian Football League, Rod, and, and how unpredictable it is, is that, you know, and Naylor rolled out. I mean, you can go through all the backup quarterbacks in the entire league. He did a few sneaks this year. That was it. Otherwise, it was MBT, and yet he gets nicked up. I mean, it looked like he had a hand issue, but maybe it wasn't. Bottom line is he came in, was ice in his veins, got that go-ahead touchdown, and then... Uh, and then there's a lot of guys on the Argos that really stepped up in crunch time, um, and the Bombers fell one point short. Um, let me, I'll ask you this, Rod. Um, I mean, you have a great perspective of the Canadian football league. You've, you've seen this league. You've seen great teams. You've seen teams that have blown it. You've seen big upsets before. 
I mean, what are your takeaways having no skin in the game from this other than it was an absolute thriller and a great day for the Canadian Football League, even if people in Manitoba are pretty bent about missing a legitimate claim to a dynasty after losing such a close game? Well, they have reason to be upset, but you said it. I don't think the Bombers got flagged for a penalty accepted until the third quarter. So the discipline was there. Yes, they allowed four sacks. We're not used to seeing that from a Bomber team. So the defense was dialed up by the Toronto Argonauts under Corey Mace. We, we got to give the other team some credit. Again, I'm loving you guys' analysis. You're not wrong, but the Blue Bombers won 15 games. I still think this was a better team than the last two years. But my number one takeaway, don't ever bet against ping, pinball. Don't bet against pinball. He came on my show last week. We did it from a sports bar. Us uh, in Regina Ballers Rec Room. And pinball just came in, flashed that smile. The energy, he said in 2019 when he was hired as GM of the Argos, he told Bill Manning, the president, we'll be in the Grey Cup in three years. And like, right on schedule. And I was like, Pinner, how did you do it? Because we value people. And he went through every single checklist of what they do and draw. That's not to say Winnipeg doesn't. You guys won the last two Grey Cups until this one. It was two really good teams. There's a little bit of destiny there. Can you honestly say, Hustler, that the Bombers gave the game away? They didn't. You know, maybe it came down to the missed kick by Legio. I had Bomber fans DMing me saying Legio is going to redeem himself and he's going to win it on his leg. And I'm like, I hope so. For your case, I hope so. And it didn't happen. I I, I think the Bombers got to come back with a new kicker next year. Um, there's just too, been too many of these. That That is a bit of a wart that they were unable to cover with makeup or however you want to say it. But just don't bet against pinball. Ever. You know what? You know what's nuts, and I, I saw this, and it it kind of caught me off guard, and I had to like, wait a second, that's that's right. Since 2010, the Argos have won the most Grey Cups in the Canadian Football League. They've got three of them, done with different general managers and different head coaches, um, and without really any significant support in the GTA. Um, there's a lot of teams, especially the one just down the 401 in Hamilton, who haven't won anything in 20 years that have to be looking incredibly painfully uh, at what's happened in Toronto. But pinball Clemens is a winner. Andrew Harris is a winner and we'll get into Andrew Harris in a minute yeah. because I think he was a huge emotional leader and emotional boost for a club. Um, but it is pretty amazing that a team that seemingly is an afterthought with the people that own them treated like, you know, a stepchild amongst the other franchises they're the ones that got it done. They're the team that has done it. And this wasn't, you know, uh, Haley's Comet or anything, Rod. As we mentioned, you know, since 2010, they've done it more than anyone else in the Canadian Football League. And um, I would have never thought that till we sort of dug into these numbers after the game last night. Oh, absolutely. And the fact they've won seven consecutive Grey Cups. You saw all those numbers going into the game. Um, there's, there, there's another thing. I mean, I did a lot of appearances going into the week and into the game and now after. And uh, the one thing that bothers me was some of the storylines that TSN didn't jump on. They did talk about Andrew Harris, obviously, and he got his redemption and how great for Andrew. As you know, he's a great person. But after the game, I'm watching some of the post-game show going, where's Speedy B? Why are they not? Like, this should have been one of the biggest stories that he finally got his Grey Cup and redemption. And maybe after I turned it off, they showed it. But that was a heck of a story, too. That took some major cojones which is, as you know, Spanish for nuts, to leave Hamilton and go to Toronto going, I'm never going to win here. 
I'm going to go up to Toronto and give it a try. You know, they got something going on in Toronto for sure. And a guy actually just wrote into my website, rodpeterson.com. I'm sure he was a Ryder fan, but he said, how about this? The only team that doesn't want to be in the CFL just won the championship. <laughs> how good of a look <laughs> is that? Because, you know, Larry Tannenbaum was there at the game. Were you, you obviously were watching it in Catter. You found a stream. Oh, I, I, you know, a nice little, uh, nice little uh, two thirty a.m. start here in uh, in Doha. Rod uh, got the uh, got the CFL international package. I will give them oh, credit. Good. Very easy, very well done to do. It was seven ninety nine. Bought it. We got the uh, the good staff here at the Esdan Palace. Brought an HDI cable down, and we've hooked it up to the big screen and little choppy at times but other than that we got to we got to see it the entire broadcast which by the way was excellent um i thought you know i don't normally have a lot of good things to say about tsn for obvious reasons but i think they did knock it knock it out of the park with what they did last night but uh but yeah no we 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 certainly saw it all uh and what the hell was my point (laughs) what was i getting into I was like, well, yeah, just you- banks and like how some of those stories were overlooked. Like it was sort of all yeah. over Andrew. Um, but Rod, I mean, Jagarit Davis was another guy that I mean, it's pretty hard to imagine. I mean, there's a real difference maker, but he was one and four in those five oh, great cups. Coming yeah. Up. Okay. That was my point. They showed Larry Tannenbaum in a suite. Did you see that shot? Yeah. He was basically yeah. sitting there by himself. He looked like uh, he was like, the he didn't chairman- have a big entourage. That's for no, sure. The chairman of MLSE. So I texted a good friend in Regina, Ruffy, you know him. And I'm like, did Tannenbaum get lost? What is he doing at the game? He doesn't even care about the Argos. And Scruffy wrote me back and he goes, doubting Connor Bedard, which I thought was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> but I mean, again, Larry Tannenbaum doesn't even like the CFL. He admitted it. Um, and the Argos win it. So in that part's wrong. I would have liked to have seen Winnipeg win for the sake of the dynasty, but you know, you never win enough. You never, you know that, right? You can't win enough if you're Winnipeg after a 30-year drought and the Jets have never won a championship. So I was pulling for him and Richie, but I was also pulling for Penner and Dinwiddie because they're great guys, former bomber. Dude, when I saw Dinwiddie bringing his team out of the tunnel at the start of the game, I thought about the 2007 Grey Cup and his first ever, first ever pro start. <laughs> that quarterback was in a Grey Cup. Like, think about that. That's the wonderful thing about the CFL. I just wish more people aired or knew about it, man. It's it's shrinking. You talk about TSN and the radio broadcast. CJOB had to carry the TV broadcast because that's all TSN did. They continued to cheap out. It's a it joke. It, okay, let me just yeah. say something on this right now. And, you know, some people will say I maybe have a bone to pick. Well, I do. Every Canadian football fan should, to be perfectly honest with you. The fact that they decided to just not do a radio broadcast. Oh, by the way, you got a pretty talented broadcaster in Dustin Nielsen who was there ready to do the game. I can tell you who was doing PA for the game and there was no radio broadcast. And then to not allow Derek Taylor and the Bombers to do their own radio call for their team. Um, disgraceful uh that's just a take i mean if they have any interest in growing this are, are you in or are you out i mean you mm-hmm. have the people there you have the what is it because you're gonna have to pay a few ops at the station i mean is that where we're at in the canadian media business and listen i won't let rogers off the hook as well but they're not involved in this we know that you know none of their people are traveling right now we've seen some of the teams 
not send their radio guys on the road. Thankfully, the Winnipeg Jets and CGOB have Paul Edmonds and Jamie Thomas in the building. You know how important that is as a longtime play-by-play guy. Can you imagine calling a full season? I mean, the pandemic was one thing, but right now, um, it, it, that was it was embarrassing um, for the people involved. And as great of a job as they did for television, um, we've often joked that, you know, in a lot of ways, radio is dead. That might be the clearest. Uh, and we may not feel that way as consumers of it and people that love great play-by-play voices. Uh, but it certainly seems like that is the way that that company's feeling about her. And that has nothing to do with what they did to our old station about 20 or whatever no. months ago. I listen, you are, I know, I feel exactly what you're saying. I understand. You doesn't look like, doesn't look like sour grapes to me. And we're coming out of Grey Cup week where, to be honest, the CFL couldn't have been more clear that we are not partners on anything. The Rod Peterson show or CFL. I'm like, that's fine. I'm still going to go on Global Toronto like I did this morning, Global National News, and talk about the game. I'm still going to go on Winnipeg Sports Talk, and I'm going to talk about the league. And to be honest, we had a lot of great Bomber fans that were listening to our podcast, driving from Winnipeg to Regina. That was their pregame. But as you know, you guys used to do five to six hours on the Saturday and Sunday of Grey Cup before the game on TSN Radio, and they're not even doing that anymore. And if I was the CFL, I'd be very alarmed by that. But then I see Randy Ambrosi on every stage and doing every interview going, we're very happy with our relationship with TSN and Bell. And I'm like, okay, you're either lying or you (laughs) don't know how bad it is. Neither one is good, Randy. Neither one is good. And to be honest, some of the fans have said that Pinball Clemens should be the chairman of the CFL or uh, commissioner of the CFL. And I'm like, if if anybody could do it and, and bring it back, it's Pinner. Hey, you know what? Pinball wins. Pinball wins. He won again yesterday with this team right now. And uh, I don't think that there would be, and this isn't a shot at Randy Ambrosi. I mean, I don't have any strong takes. I know that he's right now in, I mean, the, the period that he has been the commissioner has been maybe the most challenging in the history of just, I mean, business, never mind CFL business. Um, there's some things I certainly think that they could do better and maybe they're focusing on the wrong things. However, if for whatever reason Ambrosi was moving on, Michael Pinball Clemens as the commissioner of the Canadian Football League would be, I think, as close to a home run and close to unanimously supported by everyone around the league. Um, you know, as long yeah. as you have, you know, the right people in those other spots, because we do need leadership, but we also need passion. We also need energy. And the Argos needed passion and energy. They got it from Pinball. They got it from Andrew Harris. They got it from Enoch Muamba, as we saw after the game. I mean, that's how you put together a winning team. And this is not to discredit the Bombers. The Bombers have been built on all of that. That's why they were 15-3. That's why they were a point away from doing it again. But the CFL does need that. And uh, Michael Pinball Clemens at the top of that list from uh, where I'm sitting, Rod. And I guess this is a wonderful discussion, Hustler. I'm really enjoying it. But to see you and Remus talk about why the Bombers lost the game is a very worthwhile discussion because you're a Winnipeg show and you want to know why. Doesn't mean they're a bad team. They've done everything right. You're just not going to win every year, right? Now, from the other thing, you've been at this longer than me and you've been around a little more than me. You talk about me being a trailblazer. I'd never been to Super Bowl till last year. So now we're growing our show in South Florida and Alberta, but we've gone to Super Bowl. You can appreciate this as a guy that's been to multiple Super Bowls. Here was the NFL. Come on in. What do you need? Here's a pass around your neck. Are you coming to the game? I'm like, I didn't think I could go to the game. They're like, why not? We have tons of room. 
I'd already booked my trip out of Super Bowl. Come on in. South Florida, same thing. You need a sports bar to do your show? Come on in. Uh, Florida Panthers, can we put people on your show? Nobody asked to interview our guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dolphins have been tremendous where the CFL is everything but that. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, and, and part of that, you know, um, on a local level, um, you know, is to do with, you know, how the organizations handle things. And certainly, I mean, from where you were at in Saskatchewan, I think they've had some rocky times over the last little while. Um, you know, for the Bombers have been quite well and they've always been good to us and they realize that. But I mean, what you're talking about there, the NFL is a great example. I mean, you kind of nailed it. You know, when we first started doing the radio row, it was huge. And it has shrunk over the last few years because of cuts in media. Uh, basically, the way this entire industry has gone, where people just want to, um, you know, save money, and the companies that are running it are looking at, you know, that they don't value the experience for the listeners. They don't value some of the things that was brought. I mean, I've heard from countless people that those shows that Gary and I did the Super Bowl were the best radio that they'd ever heard because it was so unique. It was like you were bringing them in, hanging out at an event that everyone wanted to be at, talking to people that you'd never normally be able to do. And as it has, as it sort of shrunk and as some of the regular people were gone, I think the NFL recognized that, Hey, we need to appreciate, we don't want this to go this direction. And the people that are doing it, like you guys coming out last year, um, we need more Rod Peterson shows. We need more Winnipeg sports talks. We need more because a lot of the people we used to count on coming there have shut it down or are being too cheap to make it happen or not finding a way to make it happen. Or if they're able to bring a bunch of money in like our old employer, well, let's just put it towards something else. We don't need to have this sort of expense to do it. And it's at the cost of the product at the end of the day, they don't care about it. And those people do. And you know, something like the Panthers, the Panthers, like said, they got to work. They got to work for their spot in the market. They appreciate that. Guess what? This should be news to nobody. The Canadian Football League, as much as any league that we know, has to work on that right now. And uh, I really hope that there will be some acknowledgement that there are some better things that they can do. Because the one thing that no one says is that the product's no good. I mean, that was another classic game. Two great football teams. When people actually give it a chance and are exposed to it. They love it. And I often said, if you had someone that hadn't any any piece of the Canadian football, you hadn't seen it, and you brought them out to IGF a couple Sundays ago, or even just during the regular season, or on Banjo Bowl, or go with them out to Regina on Labor Day, or some of the great things that has happened in BC this year, they would be hooked. There's a lot of work that needs to be done on that. And I know we've sort of gotten away from the game, but you know, this is the time where we talk about the league overall and where it's going. And as great as that football game was last night, and a lot of people I'm sure watched it on television, the question will remain, does MLSE do anything with that? Do they leverage the fact that their team are Grey Cup champions and try and remind people that this is something that, you know what, if you give it a chance, you might just like it. Yeah, well, I've had Argo alum down here in South Florida. We were texting back and forth during the game, and they were like, obviously happy the Argos won. Next question was, will Toronto even realize they won as a city, let alone care? You know, but it's just, you know, back to that Super Bowl thing. Us, if it was bigger when you were going, because last year was my first, I my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> if it shrunk from what it was, I can't imagine what radio was, bro, was before, because it was insane. So, yeah. And, and again, 
I think the CFL feels that they are working at it. And the thing is, I saw the grunts, the soldiers, the foot soldiers of the CFL working so hard at the Grey Cup. Um, there's never, in, in no way, is it an indictment of them. I just think the higher ups don't really understand the grave peril that they're in. I, I'm pretty sure they're not. But you know what? I'm pretty grateful because I wouldn't be sitting here in South Florida with my old job, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be sitting in Catter with your old job either. So we should be pretty happy. No, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> hey, I tell people all the time. I mean, in a weird way, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I'll tell you what, I mean, taking me personally and Michael Remus out of it, who have made a, you know, we turned chicken shit into chicken salad, if you will. Um, there are, for the sports fans, I mean, we still hear it all the day. I mean, as much as we're giving as much content as we can do each and every day and the guys doing post games with the Jets are filling a hole. Um, this is a rabid market. There are rabid sports fans all around. And the fact that, these companies just don't, it's not that you can't make money at this. It's just, you can't make enough compared to gouging Canadians for their cell phone bills and how much they're playing for cable. And uh, it would just be so great if there was another player that came in that actually recognized that, that, um, you know, could turn it all around. Let me ask you this quickly, Rod, because um, I have long been, I've been banging the drum on some things that the Canadian football league needed to change for a long time. One of those was it made absolutely no sense to have the banjo bowl on Sunday oh. week one of NFL and Wade Miller's credit. He's one of the great listeners and doers in the business. Um, you know, he heard that from a lot of people. They moved the banjo bowl to Saturday. It has gone like this ever since we have more people coming from Saskatchewan that can get back. Cause it's not a long weekend. The game itself has grown. Um, very quietly, the league announced that they're moving the playoff games to Saturday next year, which to me was an absolute no brainer. Um, but I think it's a very, very positive move. Interested in your thoughts on moves like that schedule moving up. Some of the things we've talked about for a long time that seem to slowly be putting into action. It's funny that you uh, would bring up the banjo. Well, cause obviously I called, I don't know how many, has there been 20 of them, but I've, probably call about 14 of them and i remember waking up on a sunday morning in the, my hotel the fairmont downtown it was fairmont right corner port of jermaine and i'm like yep why are we playing this on a sunday as i turn on tsn and it's just wall-to-wall -wall nfl countdown you know that was very early on i wonder why we weren't playing on a saturday so if it was up to wade to move it and wade did it good for wade that's awesome you do remember in 2008 when the CFL moved to the Saturday playoff games, I'll never forget it because the Riders, we were playing BC at home. Michael Bishop threw four picks in the first quarter. I think we lost 32-18. <laughs> I just remember it very well. And he was cut the next by the next morning. Ken Hard Miller to forget like, that. Ken Miller was like, there's your shit. Get out by the <laughs> next morning. But anyways, um, and then the ratings tanked. And remember, Kohan was the commissioner at the time. So they went immediately back. And I'm like, guys, if you actually think you're going to do it once and you're going to have a ratings bonanza, I felt we had to move it then. I didn't like moving it back. But again, th these are the guys that are in charge that are making these decisions. And, and I don't know. I wasn't at the Ambrosi Media event on Friday, and I wasn't at the Fan State of the Union either, but I was getting texts from people that were there. And from what I understand, like, it, it, I may be wrong, but the sense I got was Ambrosi was just getting rope-a-doped. <laughs> By the fans and he's like oh hey we're changing the games to saturday sort of like stop the 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 beating you know and then i just kind of yeah. distracted everybody 
Well, and, and, and hey, here's the thing. And I mean, you know me. And we, we love the Canadian Football League. We love the fans. I love everything about Grey Cup. I, I will say this. Um, there, there is still, and I certainly am not one of these people, but there is uh, an element of part of the It's like, well, hey, we're CFL fans and we hate the NFL. And it's the same thing that pisses me off when people are like, oh, I'm an NFL person. I don't watch the CFL. If you like great football, the more the better. And don't make me choose. And I'll tell you what, when you do have people, like if you want to expose, if you want to grow this thing another 15 or 20% or expose people, the worst thing that you can do is go compete head to head with Patrick Mahomes in the number one league in the world right now. So uh, listen, I think they've done some things that are positive. I know they've recognized some of those things here in Winnipeg. And I thought that was a great, great, uh, great move by the league. And I think it will be successful. Rod, before we go, I've got to ask you about Grey Cup Week because, of course, you were there and I missed being out there and seeing with you guys. Um, how was it overall? I mean, it was weird because Regina is such a great CFL market. They had such a miserable season. I mean, the fans, I think, were so bent about what had happened with the Riders and was almost salt in the wounds that it's the Bombers again on the verge of history coming there. Um, I saw the party you guys did there. I mean, it looked incredible. I had a ton of fans, but I mean, they were bomber fans there. The bomber fans, you know, we're going to have a great time. They were walking around with their chest puffed out, ready to win three straight championships. You've been around for quite a bit. How was the week in Regina? And um, what was the, uh, what was the, the, the atmosphere around it? Was it a great week? Um, and how much did maybe the unfortunately terrible season to everyone except bomber fans season that the uh, riders had, did that affect it at all in your mind? Okay, Huss. Well, you've known the old me and you know the new me. <laughs> but both both versions are going to give you the truth, right? So for one, I wasn't out carrying on. <laughs> there was nights I was in bed by 9 o'clock going, how did I do this before? Be out <laughs> till 2, 3 o'clock and then be up at a breakfast at 7. So yeah. there's, I didn't do any of that. Full disclosure, I wasn't partying. I'm almost 8 years sober, 2 months away from that. So. I can't speak on the party side. Um, I did say this about the Ryder fans with their team not being in it. I'm like, we could salt every highway in Saskatchewan with the amount of salt we're getting from Ryder fans because the Bombers are in this. <laughs> what a line. You know? Yeah. We, and that just, that just came to me. Um, so they're happy that the Bombers didn't win the game. Uh, it took a lot of sting out of it. The team wasn't in it because we got spoiled in 2013 with the team in it and winning. So that's just a fact. Um, our party without a word of a lie was the best great cup party I've ever been at that. I remember, you know what I mean? Uh, I all the players were there. Dunnigan was there. Oh man. I'm going back. All I saw some people taking a picture and they said, we were just getting a picture with the cup. And all of a sudden Damon Allen salters up in the middle. Like they didn't even ask for it. Here's I mean the thing. It wasn't a flyby for any of those. Damon was there all night. Dunnigan was there all night like there's batting cages in there and damon's and they're taking cuts right-handed left-handed greg's on too but my point was a lot of times at gray cup it's you you make the circuit especially yeah. if you're a dignitary no they came at the start of the night and they were still there when i left all those cfl guys the icons the players and what the fans said i just i i don't know i can't i don't know where the cfl's headspace is for us though but what we got from the patrons was this was about the players we're not stupid. We gave the players free food, free booze. Guys, come. Because we know the fans were going to come if the players were there. 
you know, and it's not about the big wigs and the mucky mucks. It's about the players. That's why that well, party and you know was what? so great. And, and I'll tell you what, you put it at an unbelievable venue. If anyone's been at Ballers, I mean, that is that's sort of the future of sports bars. And the people in Regina, I think, are really lucky to have uh, have exactly that. Rod, listen, this has been awesome. I know we're going to get back to a little more Zapruder film on uh, why we're not talking about a three-time champion. But I love the perspective that you bring in today. And I think Bomber fans sort of need to hear that. Uh, this has been an incredible team, another great season. You know they'll be back contending again next year. And, uh, you know, winning ain't easy. And uh, the Toronto Argonauts played a hell of a football game, and they got it done last night. And uh, it's going to make for a very interesting offseason. And now hopefully, hopefully, maybe a little bit of traction in the GTA, although I wouldn't put much of my Canadian currency on it, but I would absolutely love to be wrong. Um, keep up the great work with the show. I was uh, traveling, but did catch up on what you guys were doing last week. It was great. Say hi to Darren, and uh, we'll look forward to do this again very soon. And uh, maybe next time you can uh, say, I'm already seeing people asking for Paul Maurice to be fired after the weekend that they had. So we'll talk about we'll talk about the Panthers sometime very soon as well on this program, buddy. You guys call anytime. Enjoy the soccer. <laughs> Thanks for this. There is Rod Peterson, the host of the RP show. Make sure you're following them on uh, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. And you can often you can see Rod leading right into WST Monday to Friday. He goes 11 to 1. We go 1, 2, 3. Live Central Time. And by the way, for everyone that's here right now, thanks so much for being here. Make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. And while you're at it, hit the thumbs up. All right. Hammer's going to join us from the road. Of course, why not question of the day? Where did it go wrong for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last night? What do you think was the deciding factor in the Bombers coming back without a third straight championship? Hit us up in the comments and, of course, in the chat. <laughs> Uh, not Autocorp, great partners of ours since day one on Winnipeg Sports Talk and the place to go if you're thinking about a new vehicle or upgrading your current vehicle. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? And they've got winter spe tire specials and the MPI payment plan. So why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? Pop on down Waverly and McGillivray and the Knot team will help you out. Um, folks, for those of you that are tuning in right now wondering, this is sort of a weird backdrop, I am in Doha, Qatar. I'm going to be at Canada's return to the World Cup in two nights uh, or two afternoons for you in Canada against Belgium. You see this great Canada soccer hoodie I got? I got it and all sorts of great Canada gear at Royal Sports. Thousands of pieces of merchandise. I would suggest that Royal Sports might have the best Canada soccer selection between Vancouver and Toronto. And I'm not even sure that there's places in Toronto or Vancouver that can beat Royal right now. Get ready for our return to the World Cup at Royal Sports. T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, toques, scarves and more. You can be a real soccer guy with a Canada soccer scarf. Uh, you get on down there at Royal Sports and of course incredible bomber merchandise, Jets merchandise, just in time for the holidays and the best hockey selection in town. Royal Sports 750 Pemina Highway and you can make sure you're following on Instagram as well heading into the holidays at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And when we're back that suit show is coming. Very busy week last week for us to make it happen. But, uh, hey, if you need to up your wardrobe, F Apparel is waiting for you. Holidays coming around might be a great spot or a gift card for someone that could use a uh, 
improvement in the wardrobe, shall we say. Custom suits beginning at $400, but it's much more than just custom suits. Pants, shirts, uh, all sorts of men's accessories. It is the greatest spot for men to grab upgrades to their wardrobe. Pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street downtown. Great deal for wedding parties as well, guys. If you're in one, talk to them about their special before the end of November. Get booked and get the guys measured. You'll get 10% off your entire order, and every guy in the uh, in the event will get a free suit. And, of course, check out F Apparel, EPHapparel.com, for Black Friday sales coming up this week as well. Again, EPHfapparel.com online. All right, let's get back to uh, Bombers. I know we had a great CFL talk. It's sort of the way it turned with Rod Peterson. Uh, but uh, the Hammer, Jeff Hamilton, coming back with the Winnipeg Media Mafia down the highway. And uh, Jeff, great to have you on. Uh, have you seen many Bomber fans? Uh, what, what have the faces in the other cars been like along that highway back to Winnipeg today? <laughs> Combination of sadness, hangovers, all of the above. You're looking for a scouting report on passing cars. I've been just trying to keep my eyes open, let alone being take, uh, taking stock uh, of the things around me. Um, but I can certainly tell you it it would match the uh, the feelings that we that we witnessed firsthand in the locker room. A lot of disappointment, you know. Fair enough. A lot of sadness. I think a lot of shock, uh, disbelief that uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a team that led the CFL with a franchise best 15 wins this season. Uh, fell short to a team that in several ways was kind of the opposite of, of what they stood for. So, you know, obviously not a good feeling uh, for, for Bomberland, uh, players and fans alike, but um, that's how it goes. And, uh, you know, you know how it goes sometimes in a winner-takes-all championship game. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's no doubt about it. As I said before, winning isn't easy. And, I, I mean, I get and especially for maybe newer fans or younger fans. I mean, all the bombers have done over the course of the last three years is win. Um, you know, they won the great cup as underdogs. They came back, won it again in thrilling fashion last year. And then they put together the best regular season in franchise history, rolled through the BC lions and were poised to make history yesterday. So I get why people expected them to win. Um, and I get why people had incredible confidence. I do think though, we may be, and I say this from a fan base, maybe sold the Argos a little bit short because this is a very good league. Winning isn't easy. And the Argos had played them very, very close. Um, were you surprised at how close this game was, Jeff? I mean, you followed this team from a journalism perspective as close as anyone. have seen all the little things that they do that's made them so good. Um, how surprised were you Why, uh, when it sort of fell apart in the fourth quarter? Well, you know, you know, I'll I'll be transparent. I thought the I thought the Bombers were going to run away with this one. Um, you know, I think to your point, they have battled closely in the past. A lot of those games, a lot of those close battles, have been at BMO Field. The the Argonauts play well at home field. They played the Bombers well at home field. They beat them. They were the the team that beat them essentially. The only meaningful game, if you will, in in their 2021 season. Uh, they. They, they came a Boris Beattie missed one point convert um, away from tying a game and forcing it possibly to overtime. Uh, so yeah, these teams have certainly battled, but you, you, you know, you look at the storylines all week, whether it was the experience the Bombers had being in the third grade cup and that experience is massive. I mean, you ask the Bombers 
you know, what they did in 2019 is a lot different than what they did this season because they've seen what matters when it comes to preparation. They've seen what, you know, obstacles are, you know, obstacles are in your way that go beyond the typical distractions of great cup week. So I think, you know, personally for me, I, I definitely thought that they were going to handle business. You know, they had that, they had that confidence, that calm confidence. They were, you know, as boring as ever in their, in their pursuit of a victory, the whole one and oh, you know, mantra each week. I mean, like I've said for a long time, they're as boring as they are good. And I think those are key, key things, key mental states to have heading into, you know, a, a very pressure filled game. But, you know, at the same time, I think there's, you know, and I wrote about this yesterday, I think there's a belief amongst Bomber fans because of how dominant they were in 2021. And let's be clear about something. I don't think we're ever going to see a team as dominant as the blue and gold were last season. Um, I'm not saying that in CFL history. I'm talking about with this current team and, and, and their run they've been on. Um, and so when you looked at last year, you know, they had one game, one win that was, that was, a, that was decided by a, a single score. Their average margin of victory was almost 18 points in 2021. That wasn't the story this year. And I think a lot of people expected that dominance to come over into 2022. And, you know, even though we saw, like I said, a franchise record 15 wins, those victories didn't come nearly as easy as last season. They had seven, seven of their, 15 victories this year were decided by seven points or fewer. And four of those were decided by two points or fewer. But the reality was, and I think what's super shocking about this is to that very point, the bombers are good when it comes to winning those close games. Those are key signs of good teams. When, you know, the games you don't necessarily deserve to win or are, are capable of either side winning, the bombers just found a way. And, and, and I think that's what's so perplexing about yesterday's game is that it was it was not only the Bombers that, that didn't find a way, but it was a it was an Argonauts team that, you know, again, that was almost exact opposite of Winnipeg. I mean, they they revel in the chaos. I mean, they got players who who yell at each other and fight on the sidelines and they admitted to doing that again yesterday. You know, they have a you know, in the West final, they had their starting quarterback take a strip off their off their head coach for not calling a challenge flag and then got into a physical altercation with another coach on the sidelines. Just, so you, when you looked, when it came down to it, you felt that although Toronto was battling, that it was, you know, that mental toughness that the Bombers have built up over the last couple of years was going to, you know, was going to play a major role, but no, it was, it was the Toronto Argonauts who didn't even have their starting quarterback in by the end of the uh, end of the game that willed their way to victory and beat the juggernauts. So credit to Toronto through and through. But, you know, if you're, you know, and I got asked this all week, I thought Bombers were going to not only win, but, but convincingly, um, but, you know, just another reminder that nothing should surprise you in this league. That's why we, that's why we enjoy covering the CFL. That's why, you know, you pull your hair out at the end of games because it just never seems to be over um, in that final three minutes. And that was just yesterday was just another prime example of that. Well, you mentioned that championship pedigree and the ability to find a way. Um, there were two moments and I'm here halfway across the world, the middle of the night watching this game. There were two moments where I thought, geez, this is the bombers. They're doing it again. Second drive of the second half after the first one went terribly and then the Argos had got it, gone right down um, on that second down. Zach Caleros, who did not have a great game by his standards, 
somehow yeah. managed to get out of the pocket, runs around, finds, I believe it was Dalton Schoen at the time for a long gain, and then boom, they're off to the races. They go down and get the job done. And then, of course, <clears throat> Janarian Grant getting it done on special teams. And we know how huge special teams are in the Canadian Football League. Both of those moments, I thought, okay, this is, yep, this is the team. This is the team we've seen do this over and over again. Um, Legio missed the extra point. We'll talk about the kicking for a minute. I, for one, listen, could he have been better? Absolutely. Do I think that's the reason why they lost? I personally don't. Um, but up nine at that point, knowing the confidence they have, what everyone's expecting, what we've seen them do before, what happened? I mean, in your perspective, that fourth quarter with that lead, how um, how did it turn around? What did the Argos do or what didn't the Bombers do in your mind that um, ended up with uh, the heartbreak amongst the Bomber Nation and in the Bomber dressing room? Well, as you alluded to, you know, Toronto's defense had a pretty good game. I mean, Zach Claros, you know, to his standards, sure, but to really any standards for a, a starting quarterback, in particularly one that's a back-to-back -back most outstanding player, um, you know, they, they I'll steal a, a line from, you know, Ted Wyman, who's right beside me. I, I mean, Enoch Mwamba and that defense read him like a book in a lot of ways. So, you know, I think you got to give credit to them. There's certainly, you know, they certainly stepped up at a time where they needed to step up at a time where you usually see the Bombers defense step up. So I think there's a handful of things. I mean, the offense wasn't going, I mean, it, it hadn't been going really all game. I, I agree with you. I thought that that's that second series in the second quarter, you know, that 39 yard shot to Dalton shown that, that, it, that resulted in the first of two punch in touchdowns by Dakota Prukop. Yeah. I thought that they were going to start rolling from there too, but they only had 29 yards of offense in the first quarter. So that one pass alone, uh, you know, eclipsed that number. Then the Janarian Grant situation, I mean, yeah, I thought that too. I thought that was the momentum they needed, but they couldn't seem to figure it out. So you look at all three phases on a piece of this. Uh, you look at the Bombers offense that couldn't get going. You look at the play calling by by Buck Pierce and and I don't know what it what he was thinking about, you know, whether it was trying to throw a wrinkle into the offense or something maybe they had they had planned or whatever but Dakota Prukop has been great for the Bombers this season but his greatness has been his, in his ability to use his legs not his arm and when he does use his arm it's usually short passes or wide open passes because of the threat of his arm to have Dakota Prukop roll out or do anything of that matter and then fire a dart down the field on first down in the fourth quarter up by six that doesn't make any sense um, we're trying to fit. We were trying to figure it out all last night as we were, as we were drinking waters together and wondering what the deal was going to be, you know, or, or wh where this kind of team fell apart. But, you know, that's the offensive side of it. Defensive side of it. I mean, look, Chad Kelly was, was being talked about as the game's MVP and let's be clear here. All this of all the backup quarterbacks, of all the backup quarterbacks in the CFL, Chad Kelly had the least meaningful reps all season long. So for him to come in and you know get that great run to set up that that winning touchdown, um, that was impressive to be sure. But it was also seemed completely uncharacteristic of a Bombers defense that it didn't matter who was behind center. You could have the best player in the league, whether it be Nathan Rourke or anyone else, seemed to come up in those big moments, particularly as the game went on. So I didn't think the defense played all that well, and I'm sure we'll get into the kicking part. I think that's self-evident. 
when you lose a, you know, when you miss a, a crucial convert and then your team loses by a single point. So I think everyone owns a, owns a piece of this. And it was just an absolute meltdown in the fourth quarter, um, which is part of the shock and awe because we ha- haven't seen the Bombers fall apart as the game goes on. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, breaking down the uh, 24-23 loss in Grey Cup 109 by the Bombers who were on the verge of history winning three in a row. They'll have to wait for, they'll have to pause on two and look to see what they can do and uh, try and make it three of four coming up next year. Before we talk kicking game, because I think overall there were some real positives in the special teams game, especially with what happened late uh, with Hallett making what would have been a legendary play. You mentioned the defense, and I think that they had some moments, especially in the fourth quarter where they weren't up to the incredible level that they had set. I want to ask you about the offensive line because like, I thought the Bombers controlled the line of scrimmage running the football. I thought they did a great job opening holes for Brady Oliveira. I thought he had an awesome game and that's exactly what they wanted to do. What happened in pass protection? How much of a factor was that in Zach's pedestrian day with the numbers as well as moving the chains was their inability to give him the time he needed to complete those passes. Yeah, big, big part of the game. I mean, he got, I think the final stat line was four sacks against. I think there was at least one or two occasions where a sack got wiped out uh, owing to a penalty. So, I mean, Zach Claros was under siege all game, you could argue. And and when you when you had in the, 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 the fact that he was dealing with an ankle injury that limited his week in practice and questioned whether or not he'd be able to start and certainly affected, you know, his mobility and, 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 be, and, and, and being a hundred percent. Yeah. You'd think that there was added motivation to give, you know, Zach some space and time by that old line. And, and I mean, for, for a group that's been the bread and butter of this team for years, um, you know, it was obviously not a performance up to their standard or, or what, what we're all, we've all been used to seeing from, from that team. But I think what was most perplexing in all of it is that it wasn't even a result of, you know, Zach rolling out of the pocket and, and extending plays. I mean, we've heard him say in the past, like he's what he took the, he told the O-line when he showed up here in 2019, you're going to take more sacks because I'm just going to do everything I can to extend plays and, uh, you know, move the ball downfield. Well, a lot of it yesterday was just right up the gut, and, and and he didn't even have time to escape. He took a lot of hits uh, yesterday, so if it wasn't a sack, uh, it certainly, you know, was a physical game for him, and, of course, that's going to play a big role in it. I, I agree with you. They, they were able to establish the run at certain times, but when it came, when it came to finding time and space for Zach to make plays, um, they just fell short. And, you know, it's, you could probably look at the inside interior there. You could look at, um, you know, the outside as well. They sent a lot of blitzes. They, you know, again, credit to our, the Argonauts defense. They brought, they brought together a package that was effective and, and limited the, uh, the best player in this, in the Canadian football league. Now to the kicking game, because I thought special teams wise, now there was that big return and that was a big, big part of, uh, Swag getting uh, getting things going for the um, for uh, for the Argos in the fourth quarter, but Janarian Grant, I mean, makes you know another incredible incredible touchdown return that to me, you know, they put them up. I mean, in a position that that team wins just about always. Um, how impactful was the kicking game? I mean, there's a lot of people that are hanging this on Mark Leggio. I mean, I think you know from what I've said so far. I think that's 
foolish? Could he have been better? Absolutely. But is that the reason why the Bombers lost? I say no. Um, but certainly it was part of it. Um, what did you make of Legio's performance and what this game does for his future as the kicker for the Bombers? Because let's not forget, we had many conversations. I still maintain Sergio Castillo should have been the MVP or the MOP of last year's Great Cup with the performance that he did in that comeback win over the Ticats. Yeah, so like, you know, like I said, all three phases own a piece of this. All three phases could have been better. All three phases fell short of expectations. But I don't know, man. I mean, I think if you're Mark Leggio, you got to walk out of that dressing room feeling a big piece of that loss. And I'm not trying to, you know, you got to feel for the guy because he's young. He's 25 years old. He's in a position where there's a lot of pressure, where you need to deliver. But, you know, right from the opening kickoff, I thought I thought his opening kickoff was weak. You know, it gave Toronto field position right away. They didn't end up doing anything with it, but it gave them, it gave them field position, you know, throughout the game. His punts were, you know, kind of been the bread and butter to his success this year has been his improved punting. I thought that was wasn't great i mean there were a couple to be sure um but the kicking part i mean look you know this isn't the first time it's not the first time in the last few weeks we've seen this and it's certainly not the first time over over this not just this season but last season when he ultimately lost his job to ali Murtado, who came in he couldn't do the job and it resulted in sergio castillo getting robbed at great cup sunday for his his stellar perfect performance but you know i just this isn't a game where, you know, you, you got to feel sorry for guys and, you know, you don't want to, I don't want to jump on them and add to it. I'm sure the guy's reeling, um, you know, still this day. And, and I'm sure he's, you know, very upset for, for himself and his teammates in, in the role that he played in the loss. But I also put this on Mike O'Shea and the coaching staff. Like this has been, I just found it so fascinating that for, for seemingly, well, for years, they were willing to dig deep into the, into the, uh, you know, purse and and pay a kicker in Justin Medlock nearly $200,000 because they knew exactly the value he brought to their team. You know, he was as sure as they come. They would, they would, it changes the way you approach the game when you have a kicker that you have the ultimate confidence in. And I don't care if, if Mike or his teammates and all that say after games that they're confident in Mark Leggio, there's absolutely no way you can say that. Like, there's too many examples this season and last year to have at least a little bit of doubt. You didn't have that with Justin Medlock. And so to then kind of, and I mean, they didn't, it wasn't like they, you know, said goodbye to Justin Medlock. Justin Medlock retired after the 2019 season, and there were several attempts to get him back, including in 2021. So, but even then, last season, you you went with you went with Mark Leggio. He, you know, he was his first year. You knew you couldn't trust him, so you made the appropriate moves to find the guy you could. And then you got another reminder in Sergio Castillo how important it is to have a kicker in a game where if you don't have a sure foot, last year's Great Cup, guess what? You're not back-to-back champs, and you're not fighting for a third. So to see what we saw throughout the year for Mark Leggio and for the Bombers. And I'm not saying they didn't try to address it or that there weren't attempts to find, you know, new legs. Ali Murtada stayed on the practice roster for the entire season. Go, go peek the other team's PRs. They don't have a kicker on there. The only, the only team that I can recall having a kicker on their PR was Calgary. And that was because Rennie Paredes 
is a conspiracy theorist and and didn't and was an anti-vaxxer and it was it was a question of whether or not he was going to get a jab so i just don't understand how a coaching staff could un, could allow for for a coaching staff and a team that is so bought into their process so a big part of their culture is being prepared and execution could go into a game with any doubts in any areas of their game and particularly a kicking game that struggled throughout the season and ultimately was their demise down the stretch, even though you could point at other areas of the team for why they lost. Well, it is, it's, it's funny you say that because I mean, we all remember the Montreal game um, where the bombers did exactly what they always do. They come down, they move the football into field goal range and uh, they just needed a single, uh, you know, when, not only did the field goal miss, but somehow it didn't get far enough to get out and they end up losing that game in overtime. And then there were all the doubts about Legio. And then he comes back in the Labor Day Classic and hits a 55-yarder in Mosaic Field, uh, which was a huge part in basically winning that game. And I think that calmed the nerves quite a bit of Bomber fans. I have to admit, I, as the Bombers you know, got the break from the blocked field goal from Hallett and went down, I'm like, oh, this is happening again. This is how they're doing it. This is storybook. It didn't. I'm sure you and the fellas in the car after the game and now I've talked about it. What uh, what did you see? What happened on that final play that led to the block? Was it the kick? Was it the line? Was it a little bit of a combination of all three? Um, where did it go wrong with the game on the line? Well, I think certainly when when Nick Hallett made that 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 block, I think we were all looking at like, OK, is this going to is this going to fall in, you know, to Mark Leggio? And I think a lot of us had doubt on whether he'd be able to come through in the clutch. However, um, when they got down to the kick, I mean, 47 yards, there's been times in this season where Mike O'Shea has opted not to take the attempt, the field goal and instead try to do the field position. So I, I, in a punt. So I, I mean, I think, I mean, it was the obvious call to attempt it. Um, now there were mixed, mixed reviews or uh, assessments about whether or not that kick would have been good. Personally, looked like he shanked it. Um, it looked like it wasn't high enough. It didn't look like it was strong enough. Um, but I'm also going to be the first one to tell you, I'm not a kicking expert. I don't know. I've never kicked in a CFL game, so I don't know if it was going to go through. And there was one instance during the game with Boris Beattie, where it looked like it was going to be going into the left stands and then curled back in right up right between main street. So, you know, maybe that, maybe, maybe that was the, maybe that's what was going to eventually happen there. And, and, uh, and maybe would have hit it, but I, I just, I mean, whether it was too low, whether it was great special teams work by the Argonauts, whether it was lack of ex execution from um, the Bombers, which I think you can definitely say the, the snap looked low. Dakota Prukop did a good job to try to get the ball right on the stand, but it wasn't a perfect snap or hold. Um, but I also don't think it was a perfect kick at all either. So yeah, I mean, you, you can play that one through your mind as much as you want and coulda, woulda, shoulda, but it never made it there. So I guess it doesn't matter. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Hammer, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for doing this. Last one for you on the way out. Make sure to say hi to the fellas and hope you guys get back safely. Uh, what does this loss do to the offseason for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I mean, I know we'll have a lot of time to talk about that, but looking ahead, um, this team was on the verge of history, so close but did not get the job done um, for Kyle Walters, for Mike O'Shea, who fingers crossed state comes back. And I know that's still not done, or at least we don't know that it's done. Um, 
what uh, how do you think this uh, the effects of this loss will uh, bring change or well, what happens to the club uh, going coming out of this into uh, what will be a much longer off season for everyone than they hoped? Yeah, you know what? It's it's a fascinating question. What I've pondered really since the end of the game, like what's this team going to look like next season? Look, there's inevitable turnover every year. So as close to, you know, the outfit they were in 2021 um, as they are this season, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Continuity has been an important piece of this team's success. Um, they also went through massive turnover last year. Kenny Waller left. Andrew Harris left. That's the heart and soul of your offense in Harris and the CFL's leading rusher in Kenny Waller. You had guys leave for the NFL, including Drew Dejerle, DeAndre Alford, Jonathan Kongbo. They were all gone. So you do you do lose players, and the Bombers will lose guys. The one thing I'm I'm curious about, and it's not Mike O'Shea. I mean, anything can happen there. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Now, I, by saying that, I, I'm i not say, saying anyone should be concerned. I do think it's going to happen. But, you know, you never know with Mike O'Shea. Like, he can certainly surprise you. But I, I, I see that one getting done for sure. Um, the thing is, is I, I wonder about I wonder about some of the players who have had good seasons that are just getting older. I mean, how effective... You know, I don't want to send, you know, I'm, I certainly do not have any doubt in my mind that a guy like Adam Big Hill, despite, you know, playing in this league for a long time, isn't going to be ready. Um, but who knows what each offseason brings? I, I think you can make the argument the guys aren't getting better. Stanley Bryant's 36 years old. He's coming off another most outstanding offensive lineman award, but he's 36 years old. It's it, it's your body changes. I can tell you that because I'm living that right now and I'm not a pro athlete, but the fact is, is I, I think they're going to get a lot of guys back. I think they're going to get a lot of guys that are going to want to win. I think this is going to make a lot of guys hungry. I think it's going to be a reminder that, you know, this feeling of coming back and, and, and maybe next year's no longer let's chase a fourth. This is a redemption tour for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, so I think there's certainly that motivation. But I also wonder, I, I wonder with the loss, if there wouldn't be a couple guys that might, you know, the run might be over time to move on. Now I, I have no insight into that or examples of who that could be, but I just wonder, you know, I wonder with that, that now that the runs over um, if there wouldn't be someone willing to chase money somewhere, or go somewhere else or, or do whatever. Uh, but I would say this, I think that the things that aren't going to change is the culture, the process, Everything we've seen from this team over the last couple of years that has made them such a great team. I think there's going to be a, obviously a, a big effort in trying to get back to that, you know, that dynasty um, label. Because, like, let's face it, you win three out of four, you're a dynasty. So it's not like that's just vanished. Um, it's kind of just been a put on temporary hold. So I think there will be a lot of guys back. You know, it'll be interesting to see just how much change there is. You know, you look at the, you know, Danny McManus and Ted Gavaya. I mean, those guys have done a great job bringing in new young players. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the fact is, I wonder if that, you know, maybe guys come back for a bit cheaper because they're not, you know, three-time Great Cup champs or back-to-back Great Cup champs for guys who have been there for two years. So I don't know. That's all roundabout way of saying anything and everything could happen. Maybe nothing happens. It's just, uh, I think that's what's fascinating about the off season and something to keep an eye on as, uh, you know, we inch closer to uh, next year. Hammer, great work all year. You and Taylor in the Winnipeg Free Press and obviously give Freezer and Ted a shout for the Winnipeg Sun as the uh, caravan heads back to Winnipeg. Thanks so much for the time. Drive safe and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back in uh, Winnipeg when uh, I get back as well.
Yeah, Hus, thanks for having me on. Always appreciate talking with you too. And uh, there'll be plenty to talk about over the off season. And there's that other team in Winnipeg as well that I'm sure we could discuss. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thanks for doing this, bud. You bet. Take care. Uh, all right. There's Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, we're going to continue one more segment on some uh, bombers, but I will look forward to getting uh, Scooch's take on what's up with the Winnipeg Jets so far in the nice start to the season. Of course, Remus will be back in later on. We will, I believe, hear from Rick Bonus because I do want to talk a little bit about this Jets game tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Billy Hanela coming into the lineup. Well, it's all coming up before the end of the program. Uh, well, with the end of the bomber season, I have to give a huge thanks to our friends at Princess Auto. Uh, you know, we've done our bomber reports throughout the year. We'll continue to do curling reports, continue to uh, be great partners with the friend, folks at Princess. But man, they were such a big part of the fan experience with that tailgate zone outside of the, uh, the stadium this year. Um, the best pregame atmosphere I've ever seen. And it kept getting better and better throughout the year from the Banjo Bowl right through to the West Final. So a huge thanks and the credit to Princess Auto for the way they support us as well as Winnipeg's team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Of course, Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best selection of uh, everything you need to get the, uh, the job done, the best equipment, tools, and more, um, all at great prices, only at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West as well. And of course, you can uh, always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Big shout out to the Princess Auto curling teams as well. Now that the Bombers are done, we'll uh, be able to have a little bit more time to uh, talk about what's happened on the pebble with so many stud Manitoba teams about the men's and women's side supported by Princess Auto. Of course, the folks at Culligan have been the water experts in Winnipeg for over 65 years as a family-owned business. And Culligan Water has everything you and your family need to take care of everything you need when it comes to water. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, as well, of course, as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see the folks at Culligan at 12 Sar 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180 or check out all of their water products and solutions and what they can do for you online at drinkculligan.com. Well, I know the Canadian club was on deck. Well, it was probably being consumed throughout the game by a lot of people, but that victory drink that didn't come last night was very bittersweet. But of course, Canadian Club, another great supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue and Gold. Um, we've had great times at the games and seen so many of you pop by and say hi and cheers with a CC and ginger that, of course, is now available in cans, ready to drink at your local beer store. And with the holidays around the season, make sure you're enjoying and serving the best Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club. And hey, the World Cup is here, and I know we're going to be spending a little bit more time on that beginning tomorrow as we count down to Canada's return to the big game. But Boston Pizza is ready for Canada to return to the World Cup. Join BP and the Winnipeg Youth Soccer Association Wednesday for the official Canada World Cup viewing party at 1 o'clock at BP Keniston Wear your Canada red and chow down on gourmet pizza, pints, and Caesars on special and be entered to win awesome, win awesome Team Canada jerseys from Royal Sports, 
at every BP location and a BP pizza party for your soccer team. Every BP location will have the World Cup games cranked on their big screens and opening early for all Team Canada games. Plus, BP Keniston, St. Vital, and Pembina will be serving the delicious new BP brunch menu for Canada's morning games next Sunday against Croatia at 10 a.m. and next Thursday, December 1st at 9 a.m. versus Morocco. Bring the crew and cheer Team Canada at the World Cup at Boston Pizza. Man, I'm so excited about getting to the stadium uh, and make sure to check out my social at Hustlerama and the Cool Bet Canada socials as well as Winnipeg Sports Talk at Sports Talk WPG for everything we've got going on here in Doha for the World Cup. That being said, we're wrapping the bomber season and we couldn't do it without welcoming in longtime CKND and Global Sports Director Joe Piscucci. One more time talking bombers this year. Gooch, I thought we'd be talking about the historic nature of an incredible three-peat, but it didn't happen. Uh, what did you think about that thrilling game and the fact that for once, the Bombers <laughs> didn't come out on top in another thriller close game because that's pretty much all they've done for the last three years. Uh, exactly. Uh, I'm in black today. Uh, disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm disappointed over the Bombers losing or the fact that Toronto won. You know, um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I look back, let's, I'm going to go back a year ago in the great cup final. They should have lost that one. If Hamilton doesn't make the mistake and give up that single point on the kickoff, they're kicking a field goal, a chip shot field goal to win the game. And it doesn't go into overtime. And I think yesterday, I mean, I think the, you know, the offense uh, and the fact that they weren't able to get anything going, any traction uh, consistently was the difference in the outcome and the outcome of the game. And I'm sure, you know, there's, there's other things that you can point to Legio and I know we'll get into that. Uh, but it was the inconsistency, inconsistency of the offense under Zach Caleros uh, to put up more points. And I think that was the difference. And I'm going to give credit to the Argo defensive coordinator, uh, Corey Mace, uh, drafted by the Blue Bombers. He was the player that uh, the Bombers traded the Calgary Stampeders to get Doug Brown. And uh, I think he did a masterful job of uh, shutting down Buck Pierce, uh, his offensive schemes. I mean, Nick Dembski, who's been a force all season long and was a force last year in the Grey Cup, uh, he, he wasn't uh, a factor yesterday. And I think that certainly hurt the, the Blue Bombers. Uh, the I thought that uh, there was a lot of missed assignments when it came to blocking uh, by the uh, by the football club. I, I noticed on one play, uh, Brady Oliveira, he you know he missed the man. You know he went to block somebody else, and the man that he should have been blocking came in and sacked uh, Caleros. So it was just breakdowns all over, and yet they still only lost by a, by a single point. And I, you know, I heard in your, the previous interview with Jeff Hamilton where he said about uh, Legio and if he had heard that, uh, he, you know, the field goal would have been wide anyway, even if it hadn't been blocked. I took a look at it again, and I tend to agree. I think that Legio shanked uh, the final field goal, uh, but on that final field goal that uh, that was uh, blocked there by Robbie Smith, uh, Sales missed his block. You know, he went to block to his left and Sales went to his right untouched or Robbie Smith went to his right and, uh, you know, 
ball was basically kicked right at him. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure he got too much of a hand on it, but um, just too many mistakes by the by the football club. You know, and uh, you look back when Chad Kelly came in, there was that opportunity for Jefferson to make the interception, right oh. deep in deep, and you know, you know, like Kelly threw it right at him. Right, that was a hard pass. I don't blame Jefferson for dropping it. That was a hard pass, uh, but you know, he makes that. There, you know, the bombers are on their way, which reminded me of 2001 when they lost to the Stampeders. There was a play in the third quarter um, that the bombers should have had a, an interception return for a touchdown, and uh, the ball was dropped, and that would have changed the outcome of the game. So there's just a lot of little mistakes along the way, and it all ended up with a one point loss. But I did think that the turning point was when uh, Prukov. Uh, came in on that first down and went deep and through the well, interception. I thought, I thought it changed everything at that well, point. It, 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 I mean, it did, you know, you had, you know, you had the, the potential to be up 10, Legio misses the, uh, the extra point. All of a sudden it's nine, they get the field goal, bombers get the ball back. And all of a sudden Argos have the ball almost immediately afterwards. And uh, we don't have the opportunity to take the lead. And that's exactly what they ended up doing. Let's talk about Buck for a minute, because I'll be honest, I've been very complimentary and I thought he was uh, at times brilliant this year, utilizing his personnel, having interesting packages, making the right call at the yeah. right time. Um, I did see a lot of people that weren't very pleased with what the offense did last night. And a lot of that comes down to the coaching side of things as well as the quarterback. But um, what did you make of the game plan of Buck Pierce and how much, um, I mean, listen, I'm not saying anything. Listen, the guy has earned it. He's in a great spot. Yeah. But um, I just how, mu that, how much of that was part of the, the loss last night for the Bombers? I just think that, you know, they were historically, I have to go, and then and Hamilton touched on it too. Whenever they play the Argos, it's not an easy game, especially when they play here in Toronto. I think when I was on earlier this season with you and they were playing Toronto, I said, this is going to be a trap game because. They are gonna. They're gonna be tough. Uh, a tough out. They win the game, and afterwards, you know, Mike O'Shea. Remember, you know, didn't really want to say anything. That game's in the past. You know, they they knew they were lucky to win that one. Hey, Joe. Just now that we say, think about that, was that game also twenty four twenty three, and the difference in the game was a missed extra point? <laughs> I'll have to check. I mean, they Give tied me it up. They tied it up. I, I mean, it, it definitely was Boris Beatty. I mean, they, they came back, yeah. they stormed back, they got the touchdown. And I remember Andrew Harris wanted to go for two. They didn't. They decided to kick the extra point yeah. and Beatty missed it. I'm not sure whether it was the exact same score. 23-22. So one point different. I mean, it is, it's almost eerie yeah. in some ways how similar that was going the other way for the Argos with uh, with everything yeah. on the line. I, I mean, you getting you know back to the Buck Pierce. I mean, I think... Some of the plays, you know, that they ran, I think the, when I kind of got er, worried early when, uh, you know, the Nick Dembski, where they usually, you know, he runs in the backfield there and, and Calaris just hands on the ball. When that play just did not work, it just like, whoa, you know, that play has been gold for the Bombers for what, the last two, three seasons. And the Argos knew that was coming. They just, they saw it. So that's why I give credit to Corey Mays. Enoch Mwamba, of course, had a had a big game. He dropped 
an interception before he made his interception. The, the Bombers were just off. They just seemed off in every just aspect of a game. And even before uh, when Prukop came in earlier and he threw a sideline pass that uh, was just slightly out of bounds, running down the middle of the field wide open was Miller who was in the game on that play. He was wide open down the middle of the field, you know, so they had their chances and they just kept missing him. And, and Zach just wasn't, uh, you know, his normal self. I mean, Dalton Schoen dropping that opening pass, right? Everybody just seemed a little bit off. And, you know, it was a great season. You can't take anything away from what all the coaches did this year. They just came up short in, 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 this, in this game, and maybe it'll serve as motivation for next season uh, or not. But, you know, you can't get too down about the team this year. Yeah, they, you know, they didn't come through yesterday. But, you know, I'm not going to get down on this season. It was a great season. You know, give credit to, you know, Mike O'Shea, Kyle Walters, Wade Miller. I mean, the fact that they had, what, six, five or six crowds over 30,000 at IG Field, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Oh, you know, it, it, so there's so many positives, you know, you know, and it's unfortunate, you know, that they just weren't sharp, you know, for this game. And I heard on the OB post game show last night, and I'm with you about your earlier comments about TSN. That's crazy. Uh, but uh, Doug Brown made an interesting point, and uh, one that uh, DT is going to do the research on is that is that Doug was saying that he, you know, just by recollection, he doesn't think that uh, Zach Caleros plays very well when the weather's cold, you know, and he might be right. <laughs> you know, he might be right. I mean, last year's game against the Tiger Cats was closer than maybe it should have been. And again, as I said earlier, they really should have lost that game. They should not have won the Grey Cup last year. That Hamilton should have won that one. Yeah, I mean, hey, they, uh, and that's part of the, that was yeah. part of the aura and the mystique of the Bombers that they always found a way to win. And they did yeah. it 15 times this season. And, uh, you know, it was right there for the taking, even oh, with was. everything that had gone the way. Um, how did you, how impactful do you think the kicking game was? What did you make of Legio's performance, the final play, yeah, and what that I mean, does for I, I, him going forward with this team? Yeah. And t until I looked again at, at the replay and at the field goal, I didn't think that, you know, like I said, Sales missed his block. Right. That's why Robbie Smith got got a hand on it. But then when you look at it again and you just study the kick, he shanked it left. It was going left. And unlike Beatty's kicks that seem to always hook back the other way, whether it was, you know, if it starts right, it went left. If it started left, it went right. Um, Legio's Legio, I think, was going to miss that one. And I don't think it would have been deep enough to get a single point. So, you know, it, it was it was a concern all season. He righted himself after the uh, the game against the Alouettes, um, and he he played well. You know his punting could have been better. He, I think he had two bad punts in yesterday's game, but kicking. You know if you're looking to upgrade for next season in an area, I think yes, you have to look at the kicking. You have to bring in maybe a, a kicker to challenge uh, or get more experience in that position. Uh, Joe Piscucci with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, Joe. I was so excited to have this conversation with you about the historic nature of the run that the Bombers have been on, winning <laughs> three in a row. Um, well, you know what? I mean, listen, this is still, I mean, I think, you know, we could look back in a couple of years and think, oh, what could have been if they had just closed yeah. out Grey Cup 109? 
Um, but considering the season they had that still went to the championship game, falling one point short, the last two championship games, the missed season in the middle that no one will ever know what would have happened. Um, I mean, you are the true historian of the Bombers and Winnipeg sports. I mean, we think back to the 60s where they had that incredible run. They won back to back. They did not win three in a row. Um, right. Where does this period of Blue Bomber football, these last three seasons, considering yesterday's result, um, rank amongst the most impressive in Blue Bomber history, in your opinion? Well, they talk about the 1950s being the golden era of Blue Bomber football. I think right now what we're going through is golden era 2.0. You know, and I don't see any change happening for, for, for next season and the season after that. This team is strong. It has a lot of strong players at, at every position. It seems this team will bounce back. I, I, I can't see too many challenges uh, from, the, uh, from the West. Yeah, the BC Lions will be strong, but Nathan Rourke probably won't be there. You know, so that'll make it a little bit easier. Uh, Mayor in Calgary is still, you know, second year quarterback as a starter. So I think that the Bombers are in good position to continue to have success. And I think this is, you know, golden era 2.0. You know, I think we would have been constructing a statue to Mike O'Shea, you know, if they'd won that game yesterday, as Zach Caleros's number would have been unofficially retired just like Kenny Plains is uh, with the football club, had they won that game. And, you know, if they come back next year and win the Grey Cup, um, I think that we'll get all that, the statue and the unofficial number retirement. But I, I think next year, you know, I think I, and in a way, I hope that they don't clinch first place so early. You know, I hope that there, there's more of a struggle right down to the final game of the season because i think it it doesn't serve a team well when you don't have a meaningful game to play for a month or more i i just think that you know subconsciously that has to affect the team no it's a great point iron sharpens iron and uh they really were in a situation where i mean uh, they were cruising for the last little yeah. while and um you know listen they'd certainly you know had a real strong performance in the, the game at home to get to the big game, but uh, yeah. just finished up that short. Hey, before we go, uh, I have to quickly ask you about um, what you've uh, thought about the Jets start so far. I mean, uh, a lot of question marks. I mean, and we're going to get to with Michael with injury to Nikolai Ehlers. He's played two games. Mm -hmm. Kyle Connor was ice cold before his hat trick last week. And yet um, pretty nice spot in the standing so far. What have you thought about the Jets up until uh, going into this game tonight against the Canes? Yeah. A uh, nice spot in the standings. And, of course, U.S. Thanksgiving is just a few days away. Stay yes. in the playoff spot, and the chances look very good. Uh, I think they've been really, really good since the return of Rick Bonus, uh, you know, behind the bench. Because, you know, when they went on that road trip and played so badly, yet won two and lost in overtime in the other game. But, you know, amazingly that they came back with five or six points considering how bad they played. But, you know, I can, I see how he has almost eliminated their bad habits, right? We see fewer and fewer turnovers at the blue lines, right? We see more of, you know, being on the front foot, putting pressure on the opposing teams, getting the puck in deep. I saw some smarter dump-ins, you know, where they weren't just rimming it in around the board so that the goaltender can play it. They were rimming it, or not rimming it, but they were placing it in the corner, 
into that trapezoid where the goaltender couldn't get it and getting to the puck first. So there's a lot of good things there. Yeah, you know, and of course, Connor Hellebuck, you know, that second goal aside on Saturday, you know, he's been having a phenomenal season, right? And, you know, and I just wish he would stay in the blue paint. <laughs> it just yeah. seems nothing good comes whenever he gets outside the blue paint. Just stay in the blue paint, Connor. Let everybody else take care of it. Um, you know, but I, it's enjoyable to watch them play. Uh, the the number one power play unit still needs some work. You know, it's it's still easy to defend the number one power play unit. Whoever has the puck in the number one power play unit, just uh, put two players on him. He's sure to turn it over, especially if it's Kyle Connor. I'm sorry, but he has a tendency to turn the puck over when he has the puck on that first power play unit. You know, I, I'd rather see, you know, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois down low, Mark Shifley in the middle, right? And I'd like to see somebody other, that, you know, though Sam Gagne has played well, you know, maybe somebody else on that first unit. But of course they missed Nikolai Ehlers as well. So I do like, I do like a lot of what I see. I think that, you know, we've, They've gotten a lot of the bad habits that they had developed over the last three or four seasons, mostly out of their game. But when you see them, you know, and if they go north-south, as Rick Bonus wants them to do, not go east-west, they do very, very well. Scooch, great chat as always. Thanks so much for doing this and uh, enjoy uh, the game tonight and enjoy Canada in the World Cup. Yeah, Wednesday, go Canada, go going to be awesome thanks for doing this we'll catch up soon thank you speaking of the world cup just keeping an eye on this usa wales game uh usa had been up for uh, pretty much the entire game 82nd minute gareth bale the welsh star scoring on a penalty it's now 1-1 in the 82nd minute big wins earlier by uh england smashing iran 6-2 and the Netherlands beating Senegal 2-0 on the first full day of competition. Four games tomorrow. We'll get to the cool bet lines a little bit later on in the program. Got to give a shout-out to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ group. I know Nick was with a uh, whack little Winnipeggers out supporting the blue and gold out in Regina. He like everyone coming back a little down. You know, if you're down, you know what makes you feel better? How about a blizzard? Might be a great day for Bomber fans to pop into the Nick and Nicky DQ, uh, one of four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Neverville, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Grab a blizzard if you're hungry, one of those great stack burgers. And uh, hey, holiday plans coming up. Nothing better for uh, any sort of a party than a DQ ice cream cake. Hit them up on Instagram if you'd like a DQ Manitoba for custom DQ ice cream cakes or pop by any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs and grab one as well. And hey, I know there was a lot of 1919 brought across the border to Saskatchewan, although you can get it in Saskatchewan as well. Um, no better local beer to cheer on the local team with than 1919 and our friends at Little Brown Jug. Check out the new Good Times Variety Pack, although it was not good times at the end of the game for Bomber fans as we head into the holidays. Nothing better than Winnipeg's favorite local beer, Little Brown Jug, for your next holiday gathering or party. Check them out in person down at the brewery and tap room on William Avenue or pick up Little Brown Jug in 1919 at your favorite local beer store as well. And by the way, littlebrownjug.ca for all great merchandise might be a great Christmas gift and citywide delivery 
as well. All right, let's get Remo in here. Remo, you know, these conversations with Hammer and Rod to a lesser extent and certainly Scooch, I think a little bit therapeutic for Bomber fans. Certainly me, and I know I talked to you. I mean, you were as down as I've ever heard you after that game last night. And I think he kind of spoke for a lot of people that, you know, just knew how special this team was, knew what they were on the verge of. And coming that short was just so hard to take for so many people. Yeah, I'm really sad. I came into the game. I was looking forward to a great week of content. I was like ready for my three-peat Instagram posts. We were going to get so many likes. We were going to have a parade, <laughs> parties. There's going to be so much great content. And we're not getting any of that. We're not getting uh, the dynasty talk. Although I still think they are. I think going to three great cups in three years, winning two, an incredible accomplishment. I do think they had a great season. It was a great team. But they just... The game was there for the taking, and they just didn't make the plays. It was, they didn't have it, and um, you know there were times definitely where I had flashbacks to plays that they made in last year's Grey Cup, which Joe said they shouldn't have won, but they made time and time again. There were games that they shouldn't have won where they just made plays to win, and they had the block kick. You know, you had a chance. Uh, with Lego to make the 47-yarder at the end, and it got blocked. I don't know if it would have made it or not, but you had the chance. I actually did wonder if they were going to try to get get closer at the time because I think the kicking, it was a storyline all year. He made the kick in the, what was it, in the Labor, Labor Day, Day Classic. Class. He made that kick, which maybe gave you some belief, but I think over and over again there were these missed extra points, and his his, what, conversion rate on extra points was below average, and you do wonder if he is going to return next year certainly it was it was a factor i don't it wasn't there wasn't one factor but there were just a number of plays that weren't made uh in that game and it's just sad thinking about what could have what could have been you know yeah it, no it, it, was, it. There. it, was, it was there it, it was definitely there oh, oh it, uh, for sure i mean despite you know doing a lot of things not up to their usual standard i mean they had the ball they had a kick they were down by one and uh, it didn't happen. Let's just quickly hear from the coach and Zach Caleros um, to kind of wrap up this. And we do have to get to some jet stuff because there is a big game tonight. And Billy Hanel is in the lineup. Uh, here's Mike O'Shea, Blue Bomber head coach after the loss, just speaking about the, uh, the game and how he saw it. Um, you know, you got a championship game that is uh, ends in a one point difference. And we put ourselves in a position to, to win it at the end, and they, you know, they made a play. And I've said this numerous times. You know, it's gonna be an the winning team is gonna have a net difference of positive plays and those kind of things. So they they made a play right at the end. They made some other plays too, obviously, but you know, we had our chance, and they made a big one at the end to win the game, seal the game. All right, there's uh, dejected Mike O'Shea giving credit to the Argos. He wasn't the only one that gave credit to the Argos. Zach Caleros, bomber quarterback, did as well, uh, tipping his cap to the Grey Cup champion, Argonaut. Hats off to Toronto. They played a great game. Um, you know, it seemed like we really couldn't get into a rhythm uh, offensively for most of it. Uh, we put together a couple of good drives, but um, didn't do enough um, to win the football game. So um, usually comes down to a couple of plays and there's certainly a couple uh, we'd want back, and uh, but they played a great game. All right, uh, and one more from Zach Caleros, who uh, just expanded more on uh, how he saw the 109th Great Cup and uh, falling one point short. 
you know, just some plays here and there that you want to have back. And, um, you know, but at the same time, uh, just, you know, we weren't just, you know, we don't just say things to say things. And, you know, I really, really care about the guys in our locker room. Um, and, and, you know, for it to end this way this season, um, you know, you know, somebody's got to win, obviously. But, um, you know, it's just a really special group of people. And I'm, I said it the other day, I'm grateful um, to have been a part of, of this season with this team. Um, every guy in that locker room, I love those guys. And this is just tough. It's, t it's, it's really tough from, you know, from that aspect of things. Yeah, I can't imagine there's uh, a much harder thing to do than to stand up at the podium with, uh, you know, an entire fan base, really a whole country watching and talk about losing a game, especially um, considering how close they were to winning and everything that had gone into this incredible run for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, I'm sure have more aftermath of the Grey Cup later on this week and over the weeks and months to come. Uh, but congratulations to the entire Bomber Club and organization for another amazing season. I can tell you from a fan standpoint, it doesn't get any better than that with the fan experience at the games. And uh, already looking forward to June to see uh, this team come out with uh, a little unfinished business on their mind. Um, but Remo, we got a hockey game tonight. Tough one on Saturday for the Winnipeg Jets in a couple of ways. I mean, the shutout loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins was bad. But even worse was um, kind of confirming our worst fears about Nikolai Ehlers. As we learned that morning, a uh, sports hernia surgery out long term, although they do expect him to be back a little later on this year. Yes, uh, that was the news that we heard. And you know, I think it's nice to have a resolution. We're not being like waiting and seeing what's going on where it's a you know seven to 10 day thing that's turned into a month that turns into two months. They figured it out. He needs to have surgery. It's a sports hernia affecting the lower body. You have to wonder about the recovery time. I think Mike McIntyre was looking it up. Maybe 8, 12 weeks. Could be back around, I don't know, February. You hope when he's back, he's 100%. And he has that speed that makes him so effective. Definitely a blow for the Jets, who now have Appleton and Morgan Barron. Three forwards were in their opening day lineup out. And then we've talked about, you know, scoring being an issue. And scoring was definitely an issue on... Saturday when they lost to Pittsburgh, Pistons Jari with his with a shutout, and um, we'll have to see something to monitor going forward if this is the time where finally you chain trade one of your surplus D uh, for a forward to help you score. Now that you're missing so many guys, we did have some injury updates today going forward, but it sounds like Morgan Barron not that close uh, to returning. He's going to go on the trip. I mean, who wouldn't want to go on the road trip to Dallas on Thanksgiving? Uh, Chicago on the weekend as well. Nice to get out of the city. It's not too cold today, but hey, they're sitting around at home. You want to be out with your teammates, but uh, they'll try to get him him skating. But that wasn't the only uh, only injury they they have too as well. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly Dylan Delamel has been knocked up, and um, mm -hmm. I know many people, certainly on social media and probably in the chat, are excited to see Billy Hanelai get his opportunity to get into the Winnipeg Jet lineup. He will play tonight. Um, let's hear from head coach Rick Bonus, who talked about Hanela going in this evening for the Winnipeg Jets as they host the Carolina Hurricanes on 90s night. 
them. Big, they're fast, they're heavy, and they're going to put a lot of pressure on us. Our, the big part of beating these guys is the ability of your defense to get back and move the puck right away because they're a heavy four-check team. Uh, I think they're number one in the league in terms of uh, dumping the puck in and, and putting pressure. So uh, this will be a really good test for all our D but, and for Villy as well. But this team, you give them a lot of credit, man. They're, there's four lines. They're big, fast, big, six, big, fast D. Uh, as tough a game it was against Pittsburgh, this will be every bit as tough. All right, there's Rick Bonus on Billy Handler going in tonight. I did have to laugh because many of the same people that are, you know, constantly banging the drum saying Billy Handler needs to play were complaining that this is maybe a too tough of a team for him to go get into after not playing for a little bit. Hey, guys, this is the National Hockey League. You want to crack a lineup? You want to earn a spot? You got to do it when you get your chance. And this is a big chance for Billy Handler tonight. And I personally am really looking forward to seeing he. Now with a little bit more experience, some NHL games under his belt, a real strong start to the season with the Manitoba Moose, get into this lineup and uh, and hopefully impress both the uh, the coaches and maybe most importantly, help the Winnipeg Jets win a game. That being said, Remo, this is quite a test, not just for Villianalan, but for the entire team. We all remember how Carolina completely outclassed the Winnipeg Jets last year. And in a lot of ways, that was the game. I think that many of us sort of saw the writing on the wall for the end of the Paul Maurice era, which a little bit later on, he ended up walking away. Yeah. Carolina, they're a top team in the league hustler. Um, you know, they got Brent Burns this year, uh, quarterbacking the power play, um, you know, the strong four checking and they really took it to the Jets. They, uh, they just beat out, no, they just lost in overtime, sorry, to Minnesota on the weekend. They're doing the Minnesota. Uh, they completely pitch. dominated that game. They just couldn't score. They, yeah, exactly. And we'll wait and see. Now they're going with some, have some goalie troubles as well. Uh, Carolina, Freddie Anderson, the starter, uh, injured. So they're going with likely the rookie, Fedor Kochetkov, Kuchi, as they call him, Hustler. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. I did pick him up in fantasy as an Anderson owner, and he's been very good this season, the Jets are countering with David Riddick. Have to get him in for some games. You have a bunch of divisional matchups coming on. Put him in for the out-of-conference one. I like the thinking there, and we'll get another look at uh, Big Save Dave here tonight. Yeah, you know, we got a comment on Big Save Dave, but just before we get to that, just, you know, we mentioned the injuries. Um, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, Morgan Barron. Here's what Bones had to say this morning about the uh, latest from the uh, injury side of things with this hockey club. Uh, status on Dylan DeMello? Um, he, he will come on the trip with us. Uh, it's still an upper body. Uh, he's probably it's he's day to day, but we're hoping to get him in in this road trip for sure. And Chance and Harkins is he back in tonight? Harkins will be back in tonight. Asimont es- comes out. No, we will make that a game time decision. Okay. Yeah, just on that, I know it was an optional, and there was a few forwards missing. Is there a question mark about somebody? No, because we what we did yesterday, because of the heavy schedule we're coming, we gave them the option to skate yesterday or, t- or today. So, yeah. All right, so there's uh, Bones on the uh, injury situation, and I guess we'll find out who's coming out tonight, but Billy Hanela is playing tonight. So uh, all you Billy stands out there, I mean, it might be a good night to get to the game. 5,000, the first 5,000 fans are getting a Jets fanny pack for 90s night tonight, Remo. Are you going to be there first in line? I know you're a big fanny pack guy. I am a big fanny pack guy, and fanny packs are great, Huss, for traveling, going through the airport. 
I always put my passport and my iPod, my wallet in there. You can't have them in your pockets. Too uncomfortable. Carry them around. Easy access when you're going to the gate. Love a good fanny pack. I will not be there, but uh, I am dis- and I am disappointed both that I want that uh, that fanny pack. Nineties. I don't know. Trevor Kid's going to be on the Jets post game show on their YouTube channel, and they're threatening to put out some good nineties pictures of him with his oh, old yes. old hairstyle. Hey, speaking of fans, you do need to give a shout out to the Jets uh, for the sellout on Saturday. And I don't think it's a coincidence, Hustler, that these Saturday 6 p.m. games are the two sellouts this year. Now, the opponents certainly help. Uh, Pittsburgh on Saturday with Crosby and you know, Toronto always brings a crowd before. I do wonder if, you know, now they're kind of struggling to sell, uh, sell out games this year, if we do get more in the future, 6 p.m. games on Saturdays. We've been deprived. Well, they would love. Listen, of, don't think that the Jets haven't wanted the 6 p.m. games the entire time. It's not the Jets that I know haven't it's had not. them. It's the folks that are the national broadcasters well, that don't want to have. Was it apparently who was the guy calling the game? He was. I got a couple. He was good. I got a. Yeah. Was I, he, I thought, did he did really call Adam Lowry? Good. Kyle Lowry? Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> look, the actual call was good. I know that he got uh Shifley and Perfetti mixed up on one of the power plays as well as Mike Mike Luck. He's the play-by-play guy for Oshawa. I thought I thought I had never heard him. I liked him and Jamal Mayers. I thought they were they were a solid Has team. he done other games or is this sort of reps? I mean, this is He's, sort of like, oh, we'll give you a try with the yeah, Winnipeg game and I if think, you're good, you know, we'll maybe give you a real NHL broadcast later <laughs> on on our network. I think it might feel like that. I think he's like, yeah, you can do Winnipeg and maybe maybe Ottawa. But their Jets are playing Saturday against uh, McDavid on March 4. Maybe that'll be another Jets uh, a Jets out Saturday, 6 p.m., March March 4. I love more Saturday, 6 p.m. games. Like, come on, Rodgers. Hey, Don't you know give I mean, the best uh, They're the best record of all the Canadian teams right now and can't get a, a good game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they probably don't have the best ratings of the Canadian teams, but um, hey, you know what? I mean, if the Jets keep on winning games, more people start paying attention to them, and maybe they will get a few more of those uh, prime time Saturday night games on national television. Uh, just one more. You mentioned Big Save Dave's back in. David Riddick getting the start. Connor Hellebuck getting a break before the team hits the road. Here's what Bones had to say about giving the backup the start tonight. Just time or with the schedule coming up and you maybe want to run Connor on the road or yeah and they're the visual games and Andy's played well and we, we want to give him try to give him a game a week at the max 10 days he's played well he's two and one uh, he deserves a, he deserves a home start and with every get every second day now uh, it's important that he plays and we can't it's not fair to him to let him sit for two or three weeks okay now you're playing that's not fair to him it's not fair to the team so we We've got a key one in Seattle, and he deserves another start, and tonight's a good night for it. All right, there is Rick Bonus, and again, if you're going to the game tonight, you're thinking about getting tickets, get there early. First 5,000 fans get the fanny pack tonight. I was really, uh, I mean, I was choked that uh, this game happened while I was gone because I would have loved to have had a fanny pack. Everything that you mentioned about traveling Remo was exactly right. And I think for going to these world cup games, I might have to pick one up somewhere. I'm not sure what the Qatari fanny pack selection is like. I'm hopefully there may be big here. We'll maybe take a trip to one of the malls or something tomorrow and see if I can pick one up before the big game on Wednesday. We'll be talking about it um, tomorrow and uh, we'll certainly get to it on the, uh, the cool bet lines as well. Yeah, you can't get like a Canada soccer fanny pack. They don't make any like World Cup 2022 merch fanny packs. You can well, get something with a logo that's like $50. 
I'll, yeah. Or what's, <laughs> what's that be. in it's Qatari probably, dollars? What's that? Uh, probably that'll be like 140 uh, reals, um, I believe. Uh, uh, 50 bucks is uh, in and around that. I'm yeah, learning about the exchange rate and um, everything else. Finding a way to uh, get food. Listen, everything is so expensive during the World Cup, which goes without saying. I mean, it's supply and demand, and there's an incredible amount of demand and only so much supply. Uh, but I did I, I, just quickly on that. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. I, I mean, I've already been over the moon. Just the opportunity to be here and to go to these games, see Canada back in the World Cup for the first time since '86. Hopefully, see our first ever World Cup goal. Fingers crossed. Maybe our world first World Cup win. Um, I think we're set up. These seats we've got for the games are unreal too. So um, we'll have some great content from the games. And again, I won't be on the show on Wednesday because I will be at the game. Uh, but we'll have some great content both on Winnipeg Sports Talk and our social channels, as well as the Cool Bet Canada social channels throughout the next little bit. Speaking of which, before we finish up the show, let's get to the Cool Bet lines. We got Monday Night Football tonight. By the way, you can tell how devastated I was, Remo, about this bomber loss last night, that even the way Patrick Mahomes did everything he could to cheer me up, this is the first time I've mentioned that incredible comeback win last night by the Chiefs. But we're not done the week in the National Football League. It's the Niners and Arizona. I think this is the Mexico City game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was eight yesterday was the line. It's now 10. It looks like Colt McCoy is getting the start for the Arizona Cardinals. No Kyler Murray, who's dealing with a hamstring. Uh, the total in the game is 43. So over under 43. Point spread of 10. I actually got on this last night at eight on the Niners, and I do think the Niners win going away tonight. Money line minus, four, minus 417 for the Niners, and hey, you think the Cardinals can come up with an improbable win plus 360 as well. Let's look at the World Cup, and by the way, is this done now? I think a draw for Wales in the United States. Man, the States were in a great spot there, up one nothing late, and obviously conceded the penalty to Gareth Bale. He made no mistake, and uh, it's a 1-1 draw. Wales, First time in like 64 years, I believe, they've returned to the World Cup. Uh, so 1-1 draw, as I mentioned, the other two results. Netherlands 2-0 over Senegal. And England put up a half dozen on the Iranians, winning 6-2 in a Group B matchup. For tomorrow, what do we have here? We've got an early game, Argentina and Saudi Arabia. Now, again, that is a that's a 1 o'clock game here. So backing up, that's going to start at like three or four in the morning in Winnipeg, uh, Argentina, big, big favorite minus five sixty six and the Saudi Arabians plus two thousand, even a draw plus six forty five. Expect Messi and the Argentinians to roll Denmark and Tunisia. Second game up. That's a four o'clock game here, which would mean a. Do, do, I guess 7 o'clock game in Winnipeg, 7 a.m. Denmark minus 172. A draws plus 290. And Tunisia plus 660. And then the Mexicans and Poland go at it. Of course, Mexico, one of the other teams in CONCACAF to qualify, other than Canada and the United States. Mexico, a slight favorite, plus 164. Draw plus 210. Poland plus 214. Interestingly enough, Poland is actually staying in the hotel I am at. We've seen some of the Poland supporters, but certainly a bunch of the staff haven't seen any of the players here, but I've only really been here for just under 24 hours. Final game tomorrow night, the French 
France, one of the top teams in the world, a big favorite against the Aussies. Minus 333 for France, plus 1025 for the Socceroos, and plus 480 for the draw. And right now, just looking ahead to Wednesday, Belgium, minus 189 favorites against Canada. Canada, plus 560, and a draw is plus 345. Uh, Obviously, the World Cup, when it comes to betting, there are so many different markets for each game. If you go to CoolBet, click on the game, you'll see uh, halves, goal scorers. Um, you can bet a team to win and get a shutout. Um, listen, we couldn't go through them all, but if you want to, it's all there for you at CoolBet. And by the way, if you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST. We'll hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. Have you watched any of the soccer yet, Reem? No, I haven't. Um, I'm watching mostly hockey and NFL NFL yesterday. So I'll, I guess I'll be doing the show Wednesday for that Canada game. But um, I'll probably t- watch, be focused on, on Canada. But you're there hyping me up for it. Maybe I will tune. I know TSN uh, does have all the games on TV, and I do subscribe to them. So I'll have to I'll, I'll tune in, I think. I'll tune in. Wild coverage out here. I mean, just in, in our hotel, I mean, there's like five different be in sports channels, uh, a bunch of different feeds with different language of commentary. And uh, I can tell you, certainly from uh, the people that I've seen and met so far, they're quite excited to welcome the world in here. Although I think, as we all know, there's many issues around how this World Cup was awarded, uh, as well as some of the things that are happening in this side of the world, and in particular in Qatar, that um, you know, are quite controversial. That being said, football, soccer, um, sport does bring the world together and the World Cup does it like no other event. And yeah, you certainly hope there'll be a lot of positive legacy from this, um, despite the reservations that many people have had about the event. Uh, that being said, I'm not getting political. I'm looking forward to seeing what Canada can do. We've got such an exciting young team. The Kings of CONCACAF winning the World Cup qualifying. Canada, that was, and uh they get to take on one of the best in the world, the Belgians. I'll be there on Wednesday. We'll talk about it on Thursday. And, of course, Remo is going to be holding it down with a bunch of special guests on Wednesday's show. Tomorrow, we'll have the latest on the Winnipeg Jets, who, of course, are dropping the puck tonight. 6.30 start against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, I believe that game. What is this? The uh, Is this the national? Uh, is this, we got a national game tonight, Remo? Or, uh, yeah, I, actually, you're right. It must it must be. Let me take a look. Uh, this is the Monday night, the hometown hockey. Uh, did they sort of switch that to Mondays? And uh, they'll uh, be doing it uh, tonight with the fanny packs? And, uh, and, and re- reverse, reverse retros. Yeah, it's on uh, Sportsnet. This NHL schedule has kind of been weird, Huss. Uh, last week, we had all the games Thursday. One game Friday, and it wasn't a national game, which I thought was weird. And, you know, usually every game is on Tuesday, Monday is the light night. Because of Thanksgiving, we do have the Jets on Monday, Wednesday, and we don't get the Black Friday afternoon game like we usually do. It's Friday night uh, in Dallas. Well, even uh, better. Aren't the Jets playing a 6 o'clock game in Minnesota on uh, on Wednesday? Yes. They and are then the Vikings six. are playing on Thursday. Oh, baby. Yeah, that's a national so, I mean, game, too. A uh, national game, too, Wednesday. Oh, well, awesome. I mean, but if you're thinking about a road trip, get down, mm-hmm. maybe do a little bit of shopping. If you can blow off work, watch Canada or no, that'll be tough. That'll be too tough because it's a one o'clock game. Uh, you'll have to get there first, settle up at Sneaky Pete's or one of the bars, watch the World Cup, go to maybe Tom Reed's in St. Paul, go to the XL Energy Center, see the Jets play the wild, 
See the Vikes on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Do your Black Friday things and then get back for the weekend. Just a suggestion. I think plenty of Winnipeggers are going to be doing exactly that, though. Just before we go, I did not see this game because of travel. What the hell happened to the Vikings yesterday? They got absolutely trashed at home by the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I saw pictures of some Winnipeggers traveling down to the game. Maybe the worst game you could see. I think Kirk they were eight and one. Kirk, well, first of all, they're eight and one. Their point differential on the season is now minus two. I don't know if that may not have ever <laughs> happened where you have an eight and one record and that kind of point differential. They've won a lot of close games and been blown out a couple times. Kirk Cousins under pressure, Hus, the whole afternoon. Um, I was I saw some numbers like it was much. Remember how under siege Patrick Mahomes was in that Super Bowl against the Bucks? It was much worse, much worse than that. And well, we it's much worse because Cousins can't move like Mahomes and yeah. um, Mahomes. Mahomes, the guy has always found a way to tear me up. <laughs> and uh, as disappointed as I was after the Bomber game, managed to catch the second half of that game yesterday. And my God, is he special? Um, unbelievable and listen the Chiefs on top of the AFC right now and I don't think there's any doubt for all the people that were doubting Mahomes going into this season who the MVP right now the National Football League is he wears 15 and cannot forget about Travis Kelsey that combination is uh is all time and um they got it done last night in spectacular fashion all right gang we got to get out so Remus can load up the podcast before uh you all can listen to it on the way to go to the game one more thing. I just want to touch on one more thing. Uh, you guys touched on how TSN did not play the national radio broadcast in the past. They have had a full national broadcast team with Dusty or Rod Black. Really yeah, disappointing. That, game. Disappointing that they wouldn't allow, if they're not going to produce a broadcast, that someone wouldn't step in and let Derek Taylor call the game on CGOB. There's a number of people in Embarrassing. chat. Embarrassing. Number of people in chat saying they turned on the game and couldn't even hear the call because it's mixed for TV. It's not mixed. For radio, so um, complete disservice to the fans. I can't believe the CFL, uh, CFL would allow that. Uh, one and, other, th- yeah. Well, just quickly on that. I mean, listen, Dusty, you know, is a great friend of mine. Yeah. We do the lock shop every day with our friends over at Cool Bet. Um, I mean, listen, I'm not speaking out of school. He was there. He would have loved to have done the game, but I mean, that's a decision for whatever reason. And I can't imagine the costs were that huge. I mean, you've got everything there. The radio booth is there. You've got the equipment. I mean. What is it? A matter of a few ops like to op it in a local market. I can't believe that. And then if they weren't doing it to have bomber fans that for whatever reason might not have been able to watch the game, have to turn on and listen to the TV broadcast was, I mean, it's just an absolute embarrassment and it is really, really unfortunate because TSN has done so many great things for the Canadian football league, but who's ever making those decisions um, I'm not sure that they care as much about the CFL as so many of the fans do, especially in this market. And um, it was a real disservice to the league, to the teams that were playing in the game, and absolutely the fans. And if they weren't going to do it, we're crying out loud, let Derek Taylor get into the booth. Like last year, I, listen, not having Bob Irving do the final game, that sucked, but at least they were putting together a quality radio broadcast that the stations could carry. They didn't do that this year, and um, I don't know. From my opinion, it's just an absolute embarrassment. But uh, for folks, we talked about that a little bit earlier with Rod. I did have to mention I wanted to get that in again because, like, uh, I like hearing alternate calls. Derek's there. He's called every game. Why not let him? If you're not going to produce a broadcast for the local market, let us have it here. 
Um, Marion Hosa got his number retired by the Blackhawks last weekend. Just seems like, I don't know, it seemed kind of an odd retirement. I don't, I don't know what team I associate him with. He bounced around, was in Ottawa, Thrashers, uh, Detroit, Pittsburgh. Spent like six years with the Blackhawks. And wasn't, was never really a top guy there, but good for him. One other note. He went ring, he went ring chasing a while. He bounced yeah. around, was always on the wrong team. And the reason why I associated him with the Blackhawks is because he managed to play the entire season, oh, play yeah. through the entire playoffs. And then when his contract that he signed was only a million dollars a year, all of a sudden was allergic to his hockey equipment and had to go on LTIR, which was a scam right up there on the level of the Kevin LeBanc deal a few years ago with the Sharks. Okay. And one more. Okay. You remember us Friday's show? We talked about the Winnipeg Jets hockey rock album, uh, rink rock. Where of they course. With Newman. Newman in. In. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if, if Jen Zarati from the Winnipeg Free Press was listening to the show, but she has an article out today, a behind-the-scenes look at how this album was made. Includes interviews with the producer of the album, with Jennifer Hansen. Uh, has, you got to see this. Let me put it up right now. In the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, Rink Rock, uh, remember? So they raised $30,000 for goals for kids from this album. And I think it was Randy Backman who gets credit for being one of the big names who said, I'm going to do a song. And it was that one hot Russian jet. Alexi, one hot Russian jet. I remember all the songs. I can sing them right now for you if you want. I thought about having someone on to do it, but Jen's done all the work already. So check this out in the free press. This is, this is incredible. And shout out to waiters in chat who said he found his copy of the album. Not many of them. They partnered with HMV. Remember HMV? And then it's 90, it's right there with, the, with Blockbuster the, and yeah. speaking of 90s night. <laughs> yeah, speaking of 90s night tonight at the Jets game, we're wearing those beautiful reverse retro 2.0s. So they got some of these songs on, on YouTube, but as a collector's item right now. Oh, good stuff. Well, I will definitely check that out in the free, and who knows, maybe we'll get Jen on to talk about it at some point going forward. That being said, today was all about the... Uh, the loss, the heartbreaker in the great cup, but uh, man, again, congratulations to the Bombers and the organization on an amazing season. Cannot wait to get back there next year and uh, wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about the team back in the big game a year from right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk as well. That's going to do it for us. I'm going to get some sleep here, try and get on somewhat of a normal schedule here in Qatar, two days away from Canada returning to the World Cup. Cannot wait for it. Make sure you're following at Cool Bet Canada, Twitter, Instagram, obviously Sports Talk WPG, and myself. My personal Instagram is Hustlerama. We'll have some great stuff up on there. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, breaking down tonight's Winnipeg Jets game and getting ready for Canada, Belgium, and much, much more right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks so much to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, especially Cool Bet for allowing me to be here along with Jake getting ready for Canada, Belgium, and uh, we'll look forward to tomorrow. Enjoy the game this evening, and we'll talk to you Tuesday on WST. Have a great night. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 